Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. You know, in the old days, when I started this podcast, I don't know if you caught any of the early episodes, but like you would actually be able to hear the Facebook phone call dialing on the beginning of the episode oh. as I like called through to Jason Augustus Newcomb or whoever I was talking right. to and they, they'd yeah. answer and they'd be like, hello. And we'd start talking and, you know, after a while they'd be like, so, so have we, when are we starting? It's like, Oh, we're going like, this, I, I was just recording. Cause you know, all I had was a, a iPhone five or six mm. and a room in California when COVID started. And so Oh, we, I just got us that COVID one at the bottom six. of the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm rocking. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I didn't even pay for it. The only thing I still, the last iPhone I paid for is this iPhone 5 I bought for like 50 bucks. But this one, this oh, iPhone nice. 6 was given to me by my ex. And and it's like, I just, this is one way we can fight the, the nonsense and BS of these corporations with all the, the built, <laughs> what's it called when things are built in to break? Oh, right. Uh, planned obsolescence. Yeah. We yeah, can fight yeah. that by just being, you know, um, what's the word? <laughs> 10 years behind. I <laughs> no, I think that the six was, uh, that was like 2012, wasn't it? In 2013, something. Yeah, something like Because I, I had to get mine because I started working at a yoga studio and they were like, okay, we're, we're all going to uh, use this one app to keep our schedules in line so if you need a substitute then just pull up this app and then you know let them know blah 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 and we'll all get notified and so i uh at that but that app was for the iphone i'm like what kind of weird community have i gotten involved in that they're just assuming everybody has an iphone so that's how i i ended up having to get that iphone 6 and then nobody not even once used the app everybody just texted each other I think I totally like just zoned out over when you first start talking about phones, but that's because I smoked, a, a, you know, it's morning for you, but it's really late for me. And yeah. I just smoked a bunch more weed. So this is going to be a fun one. We're going to have a good yeah, time. Yeah. And I just woke up like 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> I yeah. don't know why my alarm didn't go off and uh, my Bluetooth didn't charge. So I'm using a cord for the first time. Yeah, my, my early uh, podcast recordings were using the call recorder, that illegal in the United States app, because um, mm. you have to have permission from everybody getting recorded. And, uh, you know, it, it automatically was recording every phone call that I had. So it's illegal in the US, you know. So you had to like say, I swear to God that I'm not in the US, you know, or I swear that this is legal in my country. And uh, anyway, so and the, yeah. the sound quality wasn't very good. I first few I wanted actually when I started the podcast to just use a phone call recorder app, mm. but the iPhone doesn't have it built in, so ah. I I had to record Facebook calls with the iPhone mm. voice recorder. Oh no! <laughs> and that's how like the first hundred episodes went. Um, nice. It's like you know you got to work with what you have, especially in some sort of insane global pandemic lockdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two weeks like to stop hat. the spread. Thank you, brother. It's a, it's a, a wizard nice hat. Wizard hat. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I was thinking the other Unusual. night, like you oh. know, if if I had, if I could have chosen the name, I I could have called my podcast "Wizards and Wine." 
that would have been more appropriate but like oh, yeah. because i didn't think it would go anywhere i just thought of the first thing that came to mind which didn't turn up in a google search mm. you know yes just in case yes just in case it comes up <laughs> which which comes up oh why not i'll just pour myself a small it's early in the morning and i don't is that drink, a golden so chalice you hold before thee it is and that's uh that's uh that's, that's water Herbal tea. Wine. Communion yeah. <laughs> wine. I miss the Manischewitz, man. That's my favorite communion oh, yeah. wine. Is yeah, you don't find that around here. Yeah. Really? They not have it lot, at the BCL. There's a lot of now. demand for it. Cheers. This is my WB8's cup. I bought this at his gravestone. Nice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> like, so I did automatic writing for a few hours at his gravestone. Then I went and bought these cups and stuff. And this is the one remaining one. Is my voice uh, too loud in your No, it's fine. This is the first time I bothered to use like an actual condenser mic for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Well, I had this computer fixed a bit so it could handle it. So hopefully people enjoy that. Might yeah, be a bit too long. drinking coffee. Mix, mm -hmm. mix and match here. I don't know what that'll do to my stomach first thing in the morning. So because I knew we were going to talk tonight, excuse me. I, I watched the recent episode of Andor. <laughs> just now it is dinner. a little slow pacing wise but i do enjoy I where they're was zoning out so much throughout that it was insane <laughs> how <Yeah>. boring <laughs> that prison though is pretty interesting i mean the I'm idea saying, of it the idea of it. i've already seen shawshank redemption <laughs> with the electrified I know, floor i haven't i seen know shawshank but redemption. yeah but i know the story of an old man who dies in prison and it's very sad yes we've heard that story done at oh, academy okay. award yeah, level. I haven't seen that. like this yeah. just the, if you think about the parts of the show as mini stories and the what they're choosing to tell is so it's not even derivative it's just like and here's this movie well, they, that you've they, seen but really there's badly an overall done. here's this kind there's of an plot. overall issue with uh with the the new um way of like okay have you have you been watching the orville uh, i saw a few episodes it was really oh, great it was great yeah the orville is is great because it's sticking to what's familiar to our brains i think um and, and you know prob possibly objectively better which is the the mostly episodic structure or at the very least to have a satisfying arc a satisfying conflict and resolution inside of one episode, which is something that has kind of gone the way of the dodo. I don't know which show was the first one to do it, but what they do is they take one, maybe two stories and then drag them out over like 10 episodes that are each an hour and a half long. And that's kind of unsatisfying. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of get into like a lull, like into this sort of like David Lynchy, like, whoa, that was interesting, the way they set up a little more for the conflict that's gonna come in three more episodes. Like that that aspect of it, I can definitely agree, is, is hard to get into at the very least. Hey, it's better than Boba Fett and that's true Kenobi. that was a, i mean i like, i got into my i i i tend to you know go more than halfway to enjoy something so with boba fett i just became seven years old yeah man I dude it. i taught myself like in 99 how to start enjoying friends i was like you oh, know no. what you may as well so i just sort of brainwashed <laughs> i sat down one day 
<clears throat> I had a three hour break in between college classes. So I drove home, sat down for like three hours and just watched friends because I was fried from class and I was doing like crazy amounts of uh, Taekwondo and, and weightlifting at the time. So I was fried, you know, and I just like forced myself to laugh until I, my brain started laughing. And ever since mm. then, I think I've enjoyed my life a bit more just because I laugh more easily. Yeah, yeah, it's it weird. helps because yeah, there's there's a sort of natural cynicism that comes with age that, uh, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I loved Knight Rider as a kid, but rewatching it, it's a struggle, you know, <laughs> I have, to, I I have to set aside that that's David Hasselhoff. I have to set aside that this is a really silly script. I thought it was brilliant when I was young. I, I mean, I was enthralled when I was But David five, Hasselhoff's you know? kind of more awesome now than he was then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and not really for all the wrong reasons, because the reasons he's awesome sort of now is the same reasons people thought he was awesome then they're like he's just so awesome it's like yeah he's kind of so awesome <laughs> right you're you're not <laughs> laughing just at him you're also laughing with him but yeah. at the same time and some and it's the things like that that actually transcend i think culturally yeah. you know where you're not just mocking someone or appreciating them. you're able to do both because it shows a certain elevation of spirit from the entity or egregore of the person itself you might say right yeah. i don't know i think when the cheeseburger video came out i hadn't yet gotten so sloppy drunk as to like thoroughly embarrass myself but now now when i watch that i'm like yeah what's the cheeseburger video oh we definitely after you know when when, when you listen to this later because you might be going to sleep after we're done recording but yeah when you hear this later check out the cheeseburger video just type in david hasselhoff cheeseburger and uh, it's enjoyable. It's it basically he uh, he was sloppy drunk and so and trying to eat a cheeseburger and uh, drink a, a large soda from a fast oh, that, food joint. That does, and that some, does sound amazing. Some sadistic person uh, started videotaping him and asking him questions and telling him that he was fired and stuff like that. And he's like, I am fired. I know, I know too many people. I know you. I know Henry, you know, and, and he was just like chewing, you know, and like sipping the soda and everything. It's not as bad as I remembered it. When I first saw it when I was younger, I thought he was just like crawling around. I thought he must be on drugs, you know, but now I'm like, no, he's just very drunk. Yeah, I've been that drunk now. <laughs> In my late twenties, I waited till my late twenties to get like. No, okay, that's not true. I got I got too drunk when I was seventeen, but thank God nobody had a camera because, I that's the thing with like with our generation is uh, nobody was like filming every little thing we did when we were seventeen. So I remember one day in grade eight, I I heard that the weekend, the Sunday before, the day before, or the weekend before, you know, it was like a Monday. I heard. <laughs> It like so, so the, in grade eight i think the kids are like what 12 to 13 <clears throat> you know some are 13 you might have one 12 year old that sort of something like that i can't remember but i heard that two or three of my classmates of the girls and this is a waller school it's private school but it's like kids are still kids right mm -hmm. they were walking along mountain highway road in north vancouver and they with with bottles of booze and they got so drunk all three of them passed out on the sidewalk in the road oh, got no. rushed to the hospital with like point two point three and crazy blood oh. alcohol levels like oh. just like off the wall man and like yeah. i didn't really drink till i was legal 
Right. Like I just found you know, a... kids don't understand. You don't chug whiskey like it's soda or you know like it's water or beer or something. They just get something with a you know a hundred proof and just drink the whole bottle. And it's like no, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Oh well, it's good to see you, and uh, you've got a yeah, good to see you too. You should. Uh, we got we got to talk about your new book, which is. Uh, I guess it's uh, you know, pretty popular. The DNA alphabet. You, but you, sh- you know, what you should do first. You should read us mm. a poem from one of your your poetry books that you've yeah. got next to you, Taco or Iberito. Well, let let me first. I'll start with because uh, it hasn't been getting its proper due. This for the people are. Is this going to be up on YouTube as well as? Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. You have this right. Oh yeah. You have Sonnet One. I've got okay. all of these. So. We're gonna do bibliomancy. We're gonna let uh, guns God don't decide. kill Moses. Natural causes does. So it seems we'll miss. Oh, you. he died. He died. That was when uh, Charlton Heston died that day. That was oh, my eulogy. I love it. It's so good. He was the guns don't kill people. Yeah. I do. He was that guy, dude. It makes me um, so sad that most of my poetry was all fucking stolen in that shit. You know. Oh, oh that it's sucks. like I could fucking slaughter for that. You know. Mm. So I just opened up to um, sonnet number 1,599. This was just for the people who who are wondering. Um, I wrote a computer program when I was about, oh, I don't know, 13 or 14. And uh, basically breaking down a bunch of different possible sentence structures and making very little effort to keep it in iambic pentameter. And I, I plugged in 350 some odd nouns and 400 verbs and the adverbs and stuff. And I just, uh, you, you know, let it decide at random uh, which, which words to use. And so sometimes, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, uh, geomancy or something where you're like, whoa, that sentence made too much sense. Or, or you kind of squint and go, I could see how that could make sense, you know, and sometimes it's just gibberish. So we'll start with one of these. Um, So this one is called The Flexible Rangers by Crept Moistly. Now, to be clear, it's by Sonnet One, by the program Sonnet One. Uh, But um, and I I rewrote it. I don't this isn't the original program, but I think I wrote it pretty much almost exactly the way that it was originally written, except my dad was helping me. He died when I was 15, but he was helping me plug words in. So we had all kinds of words like beep and beep and mother beeper, you know, and, uh, you know, it, things that aren't very PC these days and stuff like that. So you can imagine it was like rip roaring laughter in 1995 or 1994. Oh, no, he, uh, 1993, he died. So it must have been 1992. We were laughing our asses off. And uh, my stepmom saying, come to dinner. And I'm hitting the space bar and getting a whole new sonnet and reading it out loud. And I think Mary Baker Eddy was one of the nouns. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> the Flexible Rangers by Crept Moistly. As the armoires unfold and itch with the web. See, that makes sense. As the freedom frequents between a shoe, the most penitent romance swims mightily for the ebb. A humongous hat stings generously around the stew. Generously, the stick plants quickly on a pool. 
as the ding-dong befriends throughout a flower. Brittle chickens feel strangely beside the school. A special report flips strictly unto some power. As some string cheese melts a staff with the city, the flexible kiss thrusts firely, firmly, excuse me, down the scent. My eyes are getting old. The most freeze-dried paycheck scares melodiously to relativity. A humongous ache comes metaphorically inside 10%, comes metaphorically, not literally. How can, a, how can an ache come literally, right? Okay, now here's the heroic couplet. Magnificently, the actress likes gently through a tear. A faceless romance swims artfully, just like a beer. So there's 2,000 or so of those uh, these types of sonnets. Um, all of these you can find if you go to edward-reeb.com, click author. Um, you'll find Sonnet One and all my other stuff. So that that's a, a poem written by a computer program that I wrote. Um, now let's let's check out eBurrito. In case One anyone's one. wondering what they should recite to their friends on ketamine, now you know. <laughs> on ketamine, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm picking kind of a random one. And let's see what it says. Passional rationate natural mammalian speckled beard smoking frowning at the text or so it seems in dreams of ancestors we once were in a distant memory looking out the window at an auntie in a sari taking a selfie with her cell phone that's a poem from uh, page 445 of the second of my um, poetry compilation books, both of which are about 600 pages. That was May 4th, 2022. Excuse me, March 4th, 2022. So you know, e burrito includes much more recent crazy stuff. that there's uh, how many prolific poets came out of our order. Like it, it, just between you, me, and, and Bryn, if you remember Bryn Janelle Dimmars, like he's got tons of books on Amazon. He he has like only even published twenty percent of his stuff, and probably his the stuff he's published dwarfs everything you and I have written twenty fold. Mm. Like so much stuff, and you can't even a lot of it anyway. It's you know there's just it, it's amazing how much. I was listening to Doctor Sasha Chato, um, the Peladon expert. You know he was the big French occultist in the turn of the century who's really mm. into the artistic uh form of esotericism let's say mm -hmm. and she was lamenting sort of in an academic conference the 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 prejudice against esotericists in esoteric studies or academic studies in general and her point essentially from this you know 30 minute delivery of a paper was that you wouldn't, if you had an expert on Van Gogh or some other famous artist like the Raphaelites or the pre-Raphaelites, mm -hmm. if you were writing or studying them or researching them and you had the chance to talk to one of them, you wouldn't say, I'm sorry, you're just a practitioner. You don't have any knowledge of right. like the way in which we're studying this. She's yeah, like, you wouldn't yeah. do that. And it's the same thing with, 
academic studying of esotericism with the practitioners. And that's something that, you know, yeah. is now has now moved forward but quite a lot. Also, at the same time, it's good for humility. Because if everybody treated us like we were Crowley or Yates or something, then we'd be walking around like, mm, yes, yes. That's kind of the the persona that I uh, that I cultivate for my for VH Fretter BT's Esoteric Nerd podcast is welcome. You know, you should know who I am. You know that kind of thing. I, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's a it's a it's a way to go. I think you're frozen a bit but you've frozen in an awesome, awesome way. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with having a shtick element to the podcast. You know, it's an art form. It's a creative art form. And why not have that kind of presentation? In so many ways, I wish I could go back and like have mine be like Wizards and Wine. Welcome to Wizards and Wine. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Wizards and Wine. You know, that sort of cheesy thing. That would be, that would have been way more fun. But instead I went with like a, you know, sort of more hard talking, analytical, yet absurd free speech style podcast. <laughs> I just kept talking because you were freezing up. So I just kept oh, going. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I that's just a, kept good, going. a good way to go. A monologue. Yeah, she's awake yeah. though, so I, I won't have to get up and answer the door. So I was thinking you'd have to entertain people when that happened. Oh, no, I can always hit pause. You know, you just hit pause. Oh, oh, yeah, I don't. Use and that did button. you and you know, if you stop it, it bounces out that video and then you can start recording again and it just creates a second video. So in like one stream, oh, you right. can you yeah. can auto, you, that way you don't have to clip them later. You just put them together. There you go. That's cool. That's China cool. knew what it was doing with Zoom. Hi, China. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't bomb us. No, my theory is that long term. No one's going to nuke Vancouver because they want to live here. <laughs> and if they were going to nuke yeah. us, they would nuke the Air Force Base near Seattle, SeaTac. You know, there's an Air Force Base mm. near SeaTac. Right. And that's just two hours away driver. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, they would bomb Seattle, but Vancouver right. is where they live. But it would give live. you time to like... And then the my, my grandchildren could be slaves to the, the nobles mm. of the future of Vancouver. <laughs> Speaking of slaves and uh, oh nobles, yeah, let's talk more about slaves. I, I've I've got here. I'm working on my newest book. This is the cover, so you get a sneak peek. Of wow! The, uh, see, I love the, it. That's the sky it's on the rainbow water. with like red yeah, the, in the middle and black line, and then rainbows coming off from the black line. This is su supposed to be water. It'll be more clear when there's islands. Um, but yeah, this is the sky up here. But it's a sort of psychedelic sky. It's the same sky that's in, on the cover of Small Mouse. Um, so here you have the small gray mouse and other short stories. So it's that same sky. Did you paint that as well? Yeah, oh, but wow. I painted this in 1998. Um, so I'm painting this in, the, in a similar style. Um, so I don't know if you've read these yet, but Small Gray Mouse and Smaller Mouse. See, I'm just plugging away in my, my books here. So um, Smaller Mouse is actually something that uh, people are really saying, this was good. This I enjoyed reading this. I recommended it to my friends. Yeah, the Small Mouse is hard to get into because right on the, like, I think it's the third, the third chapter is one of the characters is talking in this dialect that's like, I describe it as like a drunken Scotsman performing Shakespeare. 
and it's like actually delivering information and you're supposed to be able to figure out what the heck it means based you know like uh uh our i were his years my mentor mine being edgar fathom gents told to real wherefore we are hither to make venus habitable cause of gents want to breed a new race of life intelligent in thy Griggs 1953 some reticulans arrived you know like this kind of thing you're supposed to be able to understand that you know that kind of thing oh and in the newer I, there's an updated version where it's 1947 the reticulans arrived because hmm. well anyway um so just to be, make everything consistent and uh then but smaller mouse so basically the small gray mouse about halfway through there's you start to go oh charles rubin we've read about him before haven't we and then by the end it's like focused on the story of charles rubin and the interdimensional coffee house and then this story um right from the get-go you're in the new world empire universe where everybody's speaking shakespearean but better shakespearean than that uh the the, the excuse i'm using is that these guys were clones they were cloning themselves like in the moon uh, uh that movie uh they were clone, cloning themselves on venus for like 400 years there was one guy that, that kept raising his clone and then every generation to get another clone and raise it so his Those dirty venusians of, his version of elizabethan he was human the venusians are half gray um so so he was the human that was uh he, he, samuel fathom and uh the the reticulans worked out how to terraform Venus. And then Samuel Fath, so as to keep it secret, he went by himself and spent his whole life in a, uh, you know, in orbit around Venus, planning and getting everything ready. And then uh, one of his descendants, I think it was, yeah, his, his clone's clone actually went down to the surface to get the process started. And then, uh, then so the space station was automatically producing a clone every like 35 years and, or every some number of years and sending it down um, to, to Venus. And so after like a few hundred years, the, they're called the Fathoms, their last name is Fathom. And so every few hundred years, the, I mean, after a few hundred years, the Fathoms forgot that they were the ones that set it up. So they think that they, they keep talking about they, they send us a new clone. Whenever we, whenever we reach 35, we receive a new clone. They send us one. And it's like, no, you send it to you. you. You set it up, you know, like, and, um, and so his Elizabethan is awful, but that that's just an excuse for the fact that I, my Elizabethan was awful. So, so um, and I was like <clears throat> trying to be clever and mix in some French and make it like, well, it's Elizabethan, but like hundreds of years later, the idea is that Henry the eighth, his Henry, the ninth didn't die. Um, Henry the Eighth lived and became the king, and then Henry the Tenth, instead of being King James, obsessed with uh, you know fixing his reputation by publishing the Bible, he he was Henry the Tenth, and he was friends with Shakespeare, and he had enough insight, prop, probably due to time travel intervention, that he commissioned Shakespeare to uh, to write a dictionary. So Shakespeare, there's a bunch of plays that don't exist because Shakespeare was in there working out a dictionary. And uh, so as a result, everyone in the 23rd century, 25th century is speaking Shakespearean English because the, uh, the, the language was standardized in 1604 instead of the mid 1800s. And so that's, that's what's going on in that universe. And so that's called the New World Empire universe. Um, so there's basically two things that go together, coffee house, interdimensional coffee house and New World Empire. But after reading these two books, you just kind of get a taste. And, and, you know, I mean, 
you're left kind of like wanting more like, okay, but who is that? How did that happen? Who, how are these two things connected? What is the backstory there? You know, that kind of thing. And fortunately I spent like years working all that stuff out. And so I decided to just take it all and put it in one book. And uh, so that's gonna be called the Multiverse Cartographer. And uh, that should be coming out in like a month or so. I, the, the hardest part is the, the, the uh, I have to go through and make all the dialogue in that universe into Elizabethan. So that's gonna be my final step after I get everything formatted is going through line by line and going, okay, how the fuck, you know? So yeah, that's my, my project. And I'm also working on a third poetry compilation, but that's like slow going as I, it's up to like 90 pages. And once it gets to 600 pages, then I'll be publishing uh, hamster sauce. So now you know what to put on your taco and your burrito, you know. I, 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 I can't look at that book on my shelf every day without wanting tacos. As a result, we, <laughs> we eat a lot of tacos. Tacos are awesome. Yeah, that was, I was like sort of raised on too. tacos. You eat tacos yeah. there in India? You're in Mumbai, yeah, right? Yeah, No, no, uh, Delhi. Yeah, yeah like, we Delhi, have yeah, access yeah. to anything, yeah. Yeah, but you have access to any. It's a major city, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most major city. So, we, you know, I Most I like major city. Yeah, yeah, well, it's the capital. The capital. <clears throat> it's, so, uh, what's your wife the, do all day while you're writing the, uh, the all this stuff? The mother ruled from, um, you know, uh, girl things. You know, like no, she she reads. Uh, she's actually working her way through the New Testament right now. She has. She's as, a as smart cookie. Interest in, uh, yeah, um, she she likes horror. Um, she has a lot of uh, <clears throat> horror manga. Thanks to a certain Damien, who was a, you know a friend of mine in Golden Dawn, he had given me this horror book, and I I was always like, oh, I don't know about that, you know. It's like, well, thanks for the gift, but I'm just gonna put it over here. And then you know, someone gave me Algernon Blackwood and explained he was in the Golden Dawn, so I gave him a chance, you know, even though he was writing like proto horror, um, <clears throat> and he was like, he was he inspired. Um, Oh, who's that racist, the famous guy uh, with the the ancient aliens and everybody, uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> the the famous horror guy from the turn of the century. Um, Lovecraft? Well, anyway. Yeah, that guy. So Lovecraft loved uh, Algernon Blackwood. Yeah. And Algernon I was Blackwood... actually about to record an Algernon Blackwood ghost story I have in this oh, book sweet. right here for Halloween, mm -hmm. but I just ran out of time because we had this big ceremony, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. oh, I'll do it next year. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but so, yeah, I'll so turn on Brock Blackwood this, is awesome. Yeah, I had this one thin horror book, and I, I, uh, she was looking for something to read a few years ago, and I said, "Well, you, you, I don't know. You could try this." And she read it and loved it, and then got addicted to horror, and then now she keeps up with all these horror book vloggers and and uh, has a, a whole bookshelf full of all the best horror manga and horror. <clears throat> you know novels and stuff like that and then you know watching youtube and you know doing this kind of thing and, and she hangs out with her friend navi at times and stuff like that so but i try not to let um my projects consume the whole day so like i, I do my buddhist books channel which uh, i record for half an hour to an hour and then once i'm done recording then we hang out and then off and on i'll edit it and then you know upload it at night so I wonder if people realize, um, because like, you know, you, you're the reason I'm doing this, right? Like you, 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 <laughs> you don't really recall, but, but you summoned me no, out, of the, out of the yeah. closet. You did. Yeah. Like 2015. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're like, you know, you might, your voice might be not helpful in the, in this milieu. 
right and i was like let me think about it and like yeah two three years i slowly uh, found a something anyway um and the rest yeah. is history but like so i wonder if people realize that because because you know i so heard someone the other day call uh what heard, i read someone refer to greg kaminsky as the godfather of occult podcasting and he probably is but in my mind, you're definitely the godfather of Golden Dawn of cult podcasting. I don't know if you started before Greg Kaminsky or not. It doesn't really matter. But oh, I, I think know, yeah. I think you were the first voice in the Golden Dawn scene to really start speaking out about the um, the uh, as Aaron Leach said aptly misnamed Golden Dawn Wars because they were really just one asshole mm. doing a bunch of shit with his friends, <laughs> you know, the, the, who, right. whom we whom we Fucking respectfully refer, yeah. we refer to him respectfully yeah. as Gargamel. <laughs> Um, right. that, and that's the deal. Oh, it was cool getting to <laughs> yeah. tell Aaron about the whole break-in story by by Griffin. You know. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it was fun <laughs> nice. to get to tell because because a lot of people haven't really heard that. And well, I he don't... he just walked in though, didn't he? No he man. Just knocked on the door. Well, he, he like oh, well pushed it. He he forced his way in against an armed person. Mm. Like you're not welcome here. Oh. Yeah. Um. Wow. I'll go. I'm gonna I go out and see. I'm gonna go out and hang California. out. I'm going to go yeah. hang out with her sometime soon since, you know, none of us were in contact because of the pandemic. People were being careful and stuff. Well, it was illegal technically to mm -hmm. go hang out up until recently. Um, so right. I'm going to go hang out with her. And I think she's going to tell, tell the story from her perspective because she was the Sentinel or Fulax. Right. That okay. Time. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I remember Gargamel had come in and, uh, uh, BOL, I'll call him rather than using his earthly name had like, let him in and was just like sure come on in and he was like oh well i'm a high no that's not what happened running a golden dawn no because 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 really? no okay. no because no because marcel was up on the dais with me in the temple doing mm. an initiation oh okay and yeah. he just came I in think, in, think, in the middle of I it i think it was when nancy was hierophant and uh yeah so and then i was probably cancellarious and, and Marcel is probably higher fan. Well, no one knows who these people are, and they're never going to care. It doesn't mm. matter. First <laughs> names are cool. First names are cool. Okay. No one cares, I don't think. Just us right. nerds. Well, I'll have to check that out. I won't make you tell the story twice. For the I already told it on your podcast in the first time I was on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I had okay, to get okay. super stoned then for that. So this is my revenge <laughs> on you. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember... Um, for me, I, I think there were two major factors. One was feeling like I had actually, there was this big hole in my life, this 18 year hole that I couldn't do anything with. that was just sort of pointless. And so I thought that if I did the podcast, that would like uh, give some purpose to those years that I spent doing that. And then the other thing was, uh, there was a, a, st a former student from 2000 who had gone on a podcast and said, yeah, I was in this cult and it was called the Golden Dawn. And there was this event called Power Week up in Vancouver. And my teacher was named Edward and Edward fucked his mom, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know, and I so I, I immediately like wrote to her I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, okay, a I didn't because like, first of all, what's his name Bjorn, like wrote to me out of the blue saying, is it true that you had sex with your mother? I'm like, 
what the fuck? I'm like, I haven't heard from you in years. And this is how you start a conversation. And like, and he's like, no, I heard it on a podcast. And I'm like, you what? You know, oh, so he sent me the link. And then I wrote to her and said, this is a ridiculous thing for you to have like said, you know, like, uh, I don't know where you heard this, but it's not true. And like, you know, like, so then she blocked That's so me, nasty, whatever, especially you know, okay. against, given and the so, real story of your mom, like, yeah. So I, I wrote to the podcasters and I and I explained and introduced myself and said, you know, um, I'm Edward, the you know, the one being referred to here. There's only one Golden Dawn Order that has power weeks and there's only one Edward that people everybody knows, you know, and, and so people are gonna know that this is me. Could you please take the the the, the podcast down? I don't think I was that con that nice about it actually, but they they said we'll take yeah. the episode down. So yeah. they took the episode down, and so pretty much probably within a month of that was when I started the Esoteric podcast. Because I so I, what I, year was that? That was my my whole thing when when John Brawl outed me and said uh, Gwydion is Edward Reeb. Um, within a month, I I bought Edward. I, I bought Gwydion.la and, and said, hi, everybody, I'm Edward Reed. Gwydion is my pen name. Anyway, this is my poetry. And uh, and so that's always been my response is if people are talking about pub publicly on the Internet, I'd, I'd rather uh, be the one talking about me publicly on the Internet. So that's like, you know, if it, if it seems odd, like, why is this guy that that was the original impetus of becoming so prolific is uh, if people are going to get information about me, they're going to get it from me, you know, even if it's bad information, even if it shows me in a negative light, I at least wanted to have come out of my mouth, let let my own words condemn me not, you know, some asshole. So. Better to be hated for who you are than loved for who you're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was it. That was it. There, that and a few other things combined to uh, plus there was I mean, I've mentioned it before, so I'll do it quickly. Like uh, they, they, you know, there was one point where everybody said, look, you're 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 out, you know, or we're, we're schisming. We're leaving. This was 2009, um, two years before the proper schism. And uh, so Voldemort said, OK, OK, I'm not the chief anymore. You five are the chief. Everybody put your head on the ground now. Say, I swear to be the chief, you know, and all that. And so I was one of those five. And so then three chiefs went and started CSS and two chiefs, me and Ramsey, stayed behind at ISIS. And then I started making chiefly decisions on like, OK, well, my temple at my house is under my care. And so just like these chiefs thought they had the authority to leave and start their own order, and this chief thinks he has the authority to stay with Voldemort, I think I have the authority to invite both sides to my meetings. And so nobody came because there was so much bad blood on both sides. And so I started having uh, teaching to the public. And so I started making these decisions like, okay, as chief of my temple, you know, and then so after then I left the order, uh, you know, four years later, and then a couple years after that, I took the curtains down in my temple room and started doing my rituals in full regalia where the neighbors could see me. And it was like my heart was beating. And it was like, after so many years, two decades of, of doing rituals in secret, I just, you know, people think I'm weird. This is the weird. This is what you've been wondering was going on, you know, when you heard the weird noises. Now you see. And, uh, and so then I, I got used to that. But I think maybe I was a little bit high from the from the anxiety so I, I started live streaming and just like putting my phone up in the picture rail and that was when that period started that, that you know so many people are like i miss those days you know like okay well you know it was a phase i went through um so yeah i was doing my rituals on on facebook live stream for two for like a year and a half or so i know i and, was um, sitting so anyway out... th then i started the esoteric nerd podcast yeah 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 okay. mm -hmm. yeah 
No, that was when I was anyway, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah, then you saw that and I and saw said, when hey, I was sitting out with my bandmate after a gig. And... Yeah, I was sitting out with my bandmate yeah. <laughs> after a gig having beers and and we were watching uh, uh John Oliver. Um I would watch John Oliver, he would <laughs> listen to D- uh, Joe Rogan and um mm-hmm. drink beers after a gig, right? Um this yeah, was during yeah. a period where I had to consume gluten for six months for a stomach scraping to see, which is BS, but that's Canada medical care. Don't let's not get started on that mm. at all. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, and I, and my phone, like you were doing this ritual. I was like, this, I know this second order ritual, you're live streaming. I was just blown away. I think we've talked about this on the podcast <laughs> before, but it's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always interesting yeah, how yeah. these things happen, how ma- the, the little, the little uh, pebbles that roll down, to cause the avalanche in these life changes you know yeah because yeah. that was really the pebble that and was then, like yeah. you know maybe there is a, a a public future for the the love of my life out there in the world right. online that maybe yeah. there this is a a way forward because the small local temple thing i had done yeah. and done done so i can't top that or imagine doing that better than we did it yeah so more like international events and workshops and conferences and teaching online it's like that hi sure what a what a wonderful <laughs> thing yeah that's the 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 mommy machine <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors diving deep into the practices and reality tunnels of the esoteric and the occult check out Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, where I interview practicing occultists, do book reviews, and much more. Check us out on YouTube, Red Circle, and many other podcast platforms. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Yeah, good times. So yeah, so those those are the, uh, the the color the rainbow sky books. Three of them. Third one hasn't come out yet. Taco and Iberito. I don't know if you guys want to hear more poetry, but I can move along to. Uh, I also I think not enough. This one doesn't get enough love. Um, Thomas and the Wolf. I, it's it's got too many red herrings, and the red herrings are like dynamite red herrings, like like super acidic hot you know i'm like just to distract people from the story i have a leftist youtuber meet the QAnon shaman and so people can't get past that i think <laughs> it just says like just you know well i'm gonna tell the story a story of reincarnation and the reconciliation of father and son but the son is old and the father is young but i'll make it a, a leftist youtuber and the QAnon shaman just to be to to make it uh, pertinent to today's society and so so it's it's weird, it's odd, but I, I I recommend it. It's a short read, Thomas and the Wolf. You can always check it out. On Everyone Google. I know who's read that really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Oh and, good. Yeah. Oh okay okay yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's not Thomas actually and the Wolf. QAnon shaman. It's an alternate universe. Uh, you know, Thomas and the Wolf. Yeah, but this is the new one. This is the, the first DNA book I published alphabet. as. 
very honored Frater BT. Yes. Yeah, sweet. Woo. Yeah. And so. uh, you were complaining about the printing, but the printing in mine looks great. It's probably because oh, yours um, was so probably printed like, in, uh, in whatever strange place. They no, print. they get printed in the same place and uh, shipped out here. So, so on page 38, page 38 at the top on the right, does it just have a little circle by itself? And then a little line under it? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Yeah, it should have a... To be a vertical line connecting. Well, that sucks because that, yeah, that's got to make yeah, it hard. That's, uh, that's got to make it hard for uh, accuracy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have a new version. So anybody who bought it November 3rd or after, there should be all the vertical lines where they should be. So it's yeah. a very minor issue, but, you know, it's an issue. And uh, so, so yeah, that, that episode 124, I go through and say where, where all those vertical lines are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so tell and, us um, about what this is, how you came up with it, and all of that jazz. Yeah. Sure. So back in the day, I, uh, back in the day, I think I in the uh, in in the book I said that I was a junior in high school. But when I thought about it, I think it was the beginning of my senior year in high school, and we were going over you know basic introduction like you do in high school. They do introduction to this, introduction to that. You know, um, so very basic molecular biology. Um, and they were talking about the DNA. And I became fascinated partly because I was in practicus and uh, I had my, my mind had become accustomed to seeing patterns, finding patterns, even patterns where they aren't there, you know, and uh, and and so, of course, they're talking about four nucleic acids, but really there's five, but the fifth one never leaves leaves the nucleus. I'm like, that sounds an awful lot like five elements, but only four of them are present in the world of the senses. And one of them, you know, is, is, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm making notes. Okay. Thymine is spirit, you know, adenine is water. And, you know, I'm, so I'm it's like working out the, the elemental correspondence to the five nucleic acids. And, uh, and so then, then the permutations of three and four, of course, we're making me think of uh, the, the, Yod Yod you know, like I, that was that was an inaccurate note there at the second, but um, but yeah, you know, the permutations of Yod for the for the tablet of Shubret, and because uh, you have four basically four nucleic acids, and then in combinations of three, so like let's say you have fire, fire, fire 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 water so of course we were getting into subtatuas in uh, in practicus and so i'm thinking in terms of like fire of water of earth earth of air of fire water of water of fire and then kind of putting it all together and making so i made this sort of thing where for whatever reason at the just at that moment i was literally sitting in class and i i i made the two opposite pairs um you know thymine adenine was fire and water and then guanine and cytosine i made uh you know air and earth and i so i have air and earth left and right and fire and water top and bottom which later years later decades later people are like 
what is this based on anyway? Like, I'm like, I don't know. It's just how I did it. Like, this isn't the, the Rosecross Lawman. This isn't the LBRP. This isn't the BRH. And I'm like, no, it's the DNA. Fuck off, you know. But one thing I discovered later is it's an awful lot like the positioning of the, the four worlds in Vajrayana Buddhism. So here you have fire at the top, water at the bottom, and then air on the left and, and, uh, and earth on the right. Um, however, in the context of Vajrayana, the red is actually in the west. And uh, so that's a whole other thing. And yellow is earth and green is air, which is kind of, huh? What? You know, so that's like a brain hurdy thing. Um, see, that, see, I painted this Ashok pillar in, in Tibetan style. So sort of appropriate for this DNA thing. Um, so yeah, so that was how it started was just making these little symbols. And, and so since, for example, with like serine or uh, valine, there's like sometimes six different permutations of, uh, of these four nucleic acids, all of which will signal the, uh, the ribosome to use serine. So, so it's sort of like, I would say, yeah, I would liken it because I'm using this whole extended linguistic metaphor. And every time I, every time I think, well, the linguistic metaphor kind of runs out at this point, like it doesn't actually, um, up until the point where you get into long proteins, where you and I have words that we use to communicate, the body has long proteins that are basically like small creatures. So it's when, when people imagine having magic words that when you speak the word, the word manifests in the form of a spirit that'll go do your bidding. That's actually DNA. <laughs> that's, that's what it literally does is it speaks and then things happen that would normally take thousands of years on, on their own to happen if they happened at all. Um, the production of, of dimethyltryptamine, for instance, is two spoken words from the number seven chromosome. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, like, so, so if you, if I draw this symbol, if for the people on audio, I drew a capital A, then you know, that's an A. If I do this, you know, that's an A. Um, so, so two different ways of saying the same letter. So in a similar way, serine, uh, you know, uracil, uh, adenine guanine uracil or adenine guanine cytosine, they're both serine, you know, like, and so kind of it tends to work out that the more common uh, letters, the more common amino acids in, in sequences have more ways that these permutations of uh, four nucleic acids, because if you do the math, there's 64, because it's four cubed, four times four times four, four times four is 16. 16 times 4 is 64. So, uh, so for example, if you were making sub sub tatwas, you'd have to make 64. You'd have uh, your your earth of your prithivi of you know like uh, of of apis of uh, what have you of prithivi or, or whatever. I can only think of those two. Um, <laughs> no, no, uh, akasha of, of apis. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So you'd end up with 64, but there's only basically 20 amino acids that are that are referred to in the dna with only one exception that's very rare uh and then there's a stop command so like the telegraph they they have a stop at the end of every sentence um there's a stop command here so there's there's a per, three permutations of the four that tell you okay you know stop copying the 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 messenger rna go make that peptide or protein or whatever and um 
So yeah, so anyway, so I, I made these, these symbols to encapsulate all of the different, so here, here's just an example. Um, it looks a little odd at first, but there is a method to the madness. Um, the, the circles for, you know, basically for people who are very new with sigil making, the, the small circle means begin, and then the perpendicular line at the end means end. You know, it's like a phallus and a vulva basically. Um, and so you start with the vulva and end with the phallus. Uh, and so then there's the places that look like it's uh, indicating a, a, an angle, but that's not indicating an angle. That's indicating that you double back. So down here, it's broken down. Um, this by itself, for someone who doesn't know the codons, this won't tell you the codons because there's more than one way to interpret the lines moving around. Uh, but learning the codons, then you understand why this is the symbol for, for that letter. Um, because, oh, okay, it goes this, or this, or this, or this, or this, or this, and you put them all together and you get, you get a symbol that, that combines all six of those. And so, so the letter serine, since it can be written in six different ways, I combine all six of those ways and put it in one letter. And, uh, I thought it was, you know, an R word that we're not supposed to use anymore, but this was the 90s. Um, you know, it was still around a little bit. I, I thought it was lame. Ah, can you say lame? I thought it was mentally deficient that, um, that people would refer to there being four letters in the DNA when clearly there were 20. Um, Did you just call it mentally deficient? I don't know, is that the dude, that's, you're not supposed that's, to say the, dude, that's the fucking R retarded. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was some one of those words that uh I had to. that that, that pe people would uh would say that there were four letters in the DNA alphabet because there's clearly 20 and you just have to like look at it. You have to like, you know, realize that <clears throat> these little these little binary on-off switches aren't the letters. Those are like the strokes in the writing of the letters. Um, that you have a clear language, you have clearly what are letters, because if those are letters, then amino acids are the words, then a peptide is a sentence, and then, okay, yeah, you know, so, you could put it that way, but let's not. That's If, really if I was going to use those on a talisman or something, how would I do it? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, that, that's where, where I'm directing it, is toward, toward occultists and stuff. So what do but I I'm do? I'm actually hoping this will replace um, the... the, the, the uh, the present day linguistic metaphor within actual molecular biology. <clears throat> so, okay, let's say, for example, sorry for all the throat clearing. Um, let's say, for example, I mean, just to keep it simple, if you, if there was a particular um, amino acid that you, you liked the properties of, um, just again, to keep it simple. Uh, yes, so for example, uh, glutamic acid, to keep the, the, the brain functioning properly, like, okay, I want more brain power. So as I'm, I'm adding things, I'm adding geomancy and stuff and tap the arthrath to this talisman, may, talisman, maybe you'll use the glutamic acid, uh, you know, talisman. And then it, it, when you're drawing it, you could draw it in a particular way by starting, you know, with this one and then on top of it, drawing this one and, you know, saying, uh, you know, guanine adenine adenine guanine adenine guanine while you're while you're drawing it <clears throat> that would be one simple way um 
But I think what what might be more interesting for people is uh, the words. So yeah, so for this, you have to kind of like be familiar already with the words. And so on the last the last chapter, I gave the recommendation to start to memorize adenine, uracil, guanine, cytosine, adenine, uracil, guanine, cytosine. So then, okay, from there, then you can say, okay, uh, oxytocin, you know, that, that's the first letter, the second letter is this or this. Um, so yeah, you can, you can basically do a sigil in the air or on a talisman uh, combining all of these, the, the letters in oxytocin, for instance. Um, and then while you're doing it, you can kind of think of, you know, uh, hugging somebody that, that you like or, or what have you. There's also uh, in the example words, there's um, bradykinin and angiotensin two which are like for lowering blood pressure and uh, raising blood pressure. So those, you know, depending on what issue someone's having, those are two that you could work with. Um, there's mood stabilizer, there's substance P, which is a mood stabilizer, helps to process emotions. Um, so yeah, it's just basically like a new language rather than having to kind of decipher the Enochian and, and figure out what a, what this angel does. Well, this is the sub angel of this element of that element and, uh, you know, this kind of thing. So abstractly that that would govern this part of Italy. And it's like, okay, that that that's good for what it is. But this is also, you know, this is working on working with different things. So it, rather than figuring out which which Enochian cacodemon to invoke for your blood pressure, then maybe you can turn to uh, to the DNA alphabet, for instance. It, ha it has different rulership, different, uh, different uh, what's the word, jurisdiction. Um, this would be operating within. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the idea. I, I, I leave it, it's not a complete system. It's the beginning of a system. So this is just like introducing these concepts. And then if somebody wants to take it and run with it, I, I gave like eight or have seven example words, example peptides, and uh, just kind of the background and concept behind why I did it the way I did it, why, why I chose top, bottom, left, and right for these particular nucleic acids. and. Um, and then, of course, the uh, the longer the longer enzymes, the one that's on the back, for instance, uh, which are responsible for the production of dimethyltryptamine, kind of to <clears throat> to to allow a person to back up into a space of contemplation of the of the 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 organic orchestra of of themselves you know the organic orchestra of uh, or at least of everything below uh a certain point on the tree of life you know um the the i think a lot of the ruach is informed by a lot of the biological functions while we're alive anyway um it, there's a backflow where where i think you know when a when a person's done with their life and they go forth as the image of a soul the personality of that soul was at least partially influenced by the genetics and the uh, the, the the environment and the the heredity of the uh, the body that they were in um <clears throat> so however you want to look at it if somebody is is coming from a space of there is nothing but the body the consciousness is a byproduct of uh of neurotransmitters firing in an orchestral fashion then, then that sure you can approach it from that standpoint too or you can ap approach it from a you know this is this is an audio auto this is a 
uh, owner's manual for a kind of owner's manual for uh, for my car that I'm driving while I'm incarnate in the, in this world. Either way, it works either way, however you want to approach it. But um, but yeah, uh, so 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 that's it. I, like I said, it's not a complete system. It's sort of an introduction to a system that doesn't exist. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's a I'm, pretty. It's a, it, would you say is it so far your best uh, selling book that you've put out? I mean, it was the one that uh, a lot of people bought all at once when I when I first introduced it. I think generally speaking, and this is this does does quite a number on my uh, my my sense of identity and you know all this is is VH Fred or BT who wears the robe and does the the, the magic is much more popular than Edward Reeb. <laughs> so that's kind of like, huh, like, you know, I mean, I, I think I relate a little too much when, uh, when, when Batman has, gets jealous of Bruce Wayne because Catwoman is in love with one and not the other, or, you know, this kind of thing. It's like, that's know, hilarious. You know, if I'm, if I'm craving attention, if I, if I want people to like, look at what I'm doing, then I have to put on the robe and say, this is Fred or BT and everybody be like, oh, and it's like, but you saw me before. That was that was me too. You know, when I take off the robe and I'm just wearing my regular clothes and saying, "Hey guys, I wrote a bunch of poetry." It's crickets. You know, like I wrote these are all my short stories. A lot yeah. of them are influenced from my life as Fred or BT. And people go, hmm, really? "I remember <laughs> the first time I tried to do your podcast um, with Joe. God rest in peace. Oh yeah. Um, I created a fratter rc facebook account and at the time i did a search on facebook and there was only two other fratter accounts so i was like mm. i'm early and there might have been none i can't quite remember but there was like it was early that account of course got banned in the great banning of uh mm. purge and the great purge right. of 27 yeah, 2018 it got yeah when they wanted an id it's like i sent them all my grade badges certificates and mm. and and uh conference conclave yeah. events going back to 1997 mm. and it's like no no so you know yeah. so i lost all the uh, accounts that i built up you know and spent thousands and That's thousands of, on ads on to build up those mm. those groups and pages and they're just gone but well that's not that's the point why of what i have we're talking four, about i don't that's care why i have that. four edward reeves is because it used to be fredder bt edward reeb pymander aquarian and gwydion and then uh then they demanded ids for all four of them now it's edward reeb with a red hat edward reeb with an indian shirt but i mean they uh, i mean the odd thing and it's something that i like to play with but nobody seems to care you know but i i, I talk about it in my own poetry and my own art is that Edward Reeb, of all of my personas, is the newest. That, you know, originally there was Schlenschnunheimer, and that slowly evolved into Gwydion, but BT was interjected there at one point, and then Pymander Aquarian came around 2011, 2012. And then right around 2013, right around 2014, when I was entering into the yoga community, I created Edward Reed, you know, and it happens to be the name on my birth certificate, but, but it's, it's the new guy among us, you know, it's uh, the, the, uh, the, the Buddhist yoga teacher, left-leaning, uh, you know, artistic guy, and, uh, you know, that, like, I, sure, I'm artistic, you know, but like most of that art went into 
oh, tall, you know, like not into paint so much, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's an interesting concept to play with as, as BT, Pymander Pi and Gwydion all got together and invented Edward Reed, you know, eight years ago. So. <laughs> so yeah, he's the one wearing the Indian clothes. He's in India, his wife's Indian. And, uh, you know, that's his, that's his thing. Photos Chameleonis, eh? Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Hodos Chameleonis. But I gave away my red hat, so I can't really do much with Gwydion. You know, I mean, you know, I could do something besides wear a red hat. I've got a red hat right back there. I bought it in Montmartre in, in 2019. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I see it. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the jacket, the red jacket, it's a women's jacket, and I love it. And I got mm. that at a Stasi base outside Berlin that's now run by hippies. Stasi? Oh, is that the one that looks like Stussy? You know the German Stasis? Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought I thought it was the S-T-U-S-S-Y. Uh, I wrote a yeah. poem about that. There she is in her shirt that says Stussy, and then the next line rhymes. You know, anyway... I was young and immature. <laughs> well, you look snazzy in, in your pink shirt. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> my yeah. kurta. This was yeah. my formal wear on uh, Diwali. I was going to say, so I'd, you do all these things out of a profound passion, though. They're not mm, that's true. costumes not you put on selected. for play, right? That's right. the thing. You're expressing very deep-seated and deeply practiced forms of spirituality that have right but also a, a, a deep interpretation of acting that kind of like takes it back into the Eleusius rites that uh that that Thespis was an oath breaker who who put on uh you know his his god costume in the Colosseum in front of everybody and uh invented drama so you know, I was because I was an actor as a kid and I yeah. sort of yeah. piss off and innovate a little bit. I, I emulate, you know, my my proctor uh, in in that way. No, I'm just kidding. Not directly. Did you know? Are you talking about? <laughs> are you talking about Frater Ka? Yeah. No, he he, he he didn't like um, was my he your old proctor. proctor. Oh. No, 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 <clears throat> no. He he didn't like my old proctor, um, AKHV, who went on to become a high ranking uh, person in a. Uh, one of the mainstream Christian orders. We'll talk afterward. Um, but anyway, um, so so yeah, he says, well, he's probably just just acting like he was, you know, as an adept. He just approaches it as an actor. He doesn't take it seriously. It's like, you know, I'm like, well, fuck you. You know, I have more loyalty to him than I do to you, sir. You know, so so yeah, you know, sort of like that 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 makes me want to dress up more and act act more. And, yeah, there's some, there's a little, there's a little tension between the, the mystery school, the mystery play, and the initiation of the mystery schools, even though they come from, they're the exact same thing in origin. Right. Right. Mm, but there's mm. a little tension between those two things today. So you see in the yeah. Scottish right, often the advanced like degrees you go through up to 33rd or 30th through watching them performed as mystery plays, very similar to what Rudolf Steiner, you know, had in the Waldorf schools, but also in the Memphis Mizrim rites, I believe, of, mm. of like that Masonic branch. And uh, by the way, if you're listening, I mean no disrespect, Nineveh. I know I said screw you, but he I was is, just sort of. I guarantee you know. Nineveh Shadrach does not listen to. Yeah, he's, he's he's focused on his gin thing. 
Um, yeah, he's doing here good in India, stuff, people, man. People get a little uptight if you say jinn. It's sort of like walking into a church and saying, yeah, I was talking to Satan today, you know, like uh, in the Midwest and the Bible Belt or something. People say, don't say that. Don't, you know, like you'll you'll attract one, you know. So I right next to me, I got this new moleskin for, you know, 18 month planner, 18 month planner for like mm. the next year because things are getting busy. But I needed a pen for it. I was like, I need a special planner pen. And I was at the mm. dollar store today and I found this pen. Let me show it to you. Here, I got a prep now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a syringe pen at the dollar store. That's for, fun. <laughs> for $249. Dollar Sweet. stores in Canada are not for $1. Yeah, I like it. I love it. You know, it's so I can keep track of my 10th, 11th, and 12th booster shot right yeah <laughs> well 149 if you get Canada, all the boosters one dollar us yeah i'm just kidding it stops it <laughs> it stops it you can't you can't yeah. transmit you can't get it we right, already right. have a covid warning so future jokes are we're off the hook for future jokes plus we talked <laughs> about dmt so we're already demonetized so it's, yeah, it's yeah, a no it's holds right. bar tonight brother it's no holds bar let's like fucking <laughs> let's let's talk about some shit What's troubling you about 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 everything? Um, and I don't necessarily mean in the world. Sorry, just turning on the AC. You could, it could be about your own journey. Well, what's, yeah, what's not, fucking? I, what's what's rubbing I, your egg? I have a problem with mortality when I'm in love and enjoying my life situation and circumstances. You know, uh, where I have no problem with it when I'm when I'm like borderline suicidal and oh, single. Damn, but both you know? your parents died young, so that's got a way on your mind. That's crazy, right? Oh, I, I'm not talking about them. That's been a while, but no, I mean my own mortality. <laughs> Do you worry I, about uh, dying young because your parents both died when you were young? Well, I used to. I used to. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm keeping now. relatively healthy. But I don't even yeah. like the idea of dying at 90. You know, that's the thing is uh dude my grandma I, just I, died at 100 and she was begging oh. to go she was like i'm tired of this i want to die yeah <laughs> but then she got covid and she was fine it didn't kill her and then she took wow. some like a month later in the nursing home to go to sleep and just didn't wake up oh, yeah. oh, well she right. didn't kill herself at all but like right you know, right i'm sure she was in pain or just yeah bored bored That's can you right. imagine being 100 years yeah. old well, the like, body starts to really give out. I mean, I've noticed it just being in my 40s. You know, I'm sure she, you have too. That she was four foot 20s. 11. She was mm. four foot 11 before she got old. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I didn't get to see her the last 10 years, sadly. But like, she must have just been a little like, I, I talked to her on her 100th birthday over Zoom and, and it was great to see her and stuff. But she's like, I was like, how are you, Grandma? She's like, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> you know, mm, even though she yeah. was out partying and drinking. <laughs> Yeah, 100 years old, smoked and drank her whole life. Yeah, well, that's comforting. Irish yeah, stock. I, I'm definitely nowhere near ready. And I mean, I think I get part of it is like, yeah, you know, I just I feel like there's not enough time to do everything I want to do, right? But, which is good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, it's better. Dude, that I'm pissed opposite, off about that. I'm know? pissed off. Like I've got yeah. everything I'm studying, everything I have studied that I want to go back to a little bit and touch on everything mm. I'm, I'm going to study and it's not enough time like yeah. I'm, every day my mind is cutting things from it that i can't do trimming down off the fat but i don't want to trim the fat the fat is good and it as it turns mm. out unlike we were told in the 80s good for you <laughs> that's one re one of the motivations 
at this point uh, for the podcasts and the books, I think, is, you know, A, to, um, to put things out there because I'm not going to be here talking forever. In fact, oh, I was going to mention this. This is something I, I, for some reason, I thought I would mention this, but now it's coming up in, in context, in conversation, which is that the vast majority of people who watch or listen to this conversation we're having right now are going to be after we're both dead. Vast majority, mm. over 99%. You're very optimistic about the internet, man. <laughs> I don't like, I don't think my early episodes you think the whole get many gonna views. Crumble? No, well, like, I think that there's at, no, just at least like, a good solid 95% chance that, okay. uh, that this is going to still be around. In I well, years. how many people listen to your early episodes still? No, I'm talking about after we're dead. Yeah, but Nobody's even once, in us why while would we're people? Alive. Oh, you think that's how it is? I don't think that's how it is. I think this stuff will vanish. <laughs> Man, all the all the work I did for online uh, music journalist, like as a rock journalist mm. for all those years, mm. all the articles I wrote, all the blogs I had on personal websites from, uh, you oh, know, for my, for my, all my, I put all my stuff on the internet. Everything I, yeah, me too. From 2005 mm. to 2014, all that stuff is gone. I can't, because, mm. and you know, I got robbed. So I lost my personal copies and computers mm. and hard drives, but none of it, but then eventually it was just all taken off the internet and there was nothing I could do about it. It's just gone. Off the internet archive? Yeah, it's gone. There's no archive of it. Everyone's like, it's no, no, the internet archive. Internet. It's a website. Archive. Yeah, yeah. Work. It's not there. There's none of it's there. None of it's there. None of my old work is there. And it this got is taken. No, I don't mean like the automatic backup. The, the snapshots they take. I have an account and I upload everything there. So, like every time I upload a video to YouTube, I upload it to the internet archive. My point is, the internet is not forever because okay. all my shit's well, gone. Well, then I can't. I can't go into this uh, to the basic because that, that's one of the basic premises behind the rest of what i was going to say that that we'd have to both agree on in order for uh, ah well okay let's pretend i agree forward. okay yes yeah, so these conversations <laughs> no 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 you know back to the future um right so zoom back and so here's my actual let pretend i said this <laughs> that's true <laughs> like yes that will be on the oldies occult podcast network on people's right. Neuralink implants and yeah yeah so people who something. so so if we assume a little bit of population growth just a little bit then it's safe to say that at some point there'll be 50 billion people living on more than one planet so i mean you know optimistically uh in a thousand years you know like um there's a very small human in a sorry on a, on a balcony staring at me right now but anyway um so so yeah so of them you know let's say one out of a million becomes interested in history and uh, starts digging around and then they become interested in, you know, whatever the uh, this century, this subject matter, and then they stumble upon our podcast. Um, so one out of a million, when you do the math, 50 billion, and then if it happens every generation, you know, then definitely more people than than uh, today, <laughs> more people than 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 during our lifetimes will be listening to us in the future. It's I think it's pretty safe to say it, it, we we can agree to disagree on that. Well, the fact gone, the but... thing I'm the, the yeah, no, the data I'm just looking at is the fact that the, more people for, have the... read Yates after he died than, yeah, uh, but... than while he was alive, for instance. Sure. So, I, so... I'm just carrying that yeah. that uh, forward. It's a happier thought, so I'm going to go with it. Um, I'm and and you know that's a matter because you know that's that's but that's Yates. That's like one of the very few writers. Like how many writers right. won a Nobel Prize? Um, Crowley didn't. 
Um, right. And so like he's he's you know. But and, even uh, Paul Foster Case has some people reading his work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean he does, but I I don't mean to like <laughs> make it like he's a nobody. He's he's on our level, you know. Well, he was kind of a scumbag, right? Well, they all kind of were, but he he was his own brand of scumbag. But... I mean, we're scumbags because we're podcasters and we believe in free speech. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so a lot of people that say, in the future well, will be looked at as agents of chaos i mean and by I the future know. i mean six months from now the, the 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 traditional golden dawn angle is becoming more and more of a like a society of creative anachronism thing with every generation you know um because like the well the except way... for the fact that the spirits we're working with are the same but in reality though <laughs> yeah but, in reality be, no 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 i mean in, i'm not talking about spirits i'm talking about reality you know oh, the well, conventional sure, reality sure, sure. The, the 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 consensus reality of, well, of in, the in, human collective in, consciousness in those terms the golden dawn officially ended in 1903 then there right. was but the a, then there was alpha at omega then there was stella matutina then you right. know weights order and those orders all ended and new orders begin so there's always going to be right. new groups because this isn't creative here's one of the weird Cicero, here's yeah. well I, yeah there's a difference between the sea or anachronism and, oh i don't know a whole lot about the sea i'm just well there's like, a difference they, they between anachronism like and play acting right. and working with spirits yeah we take it way too seriously yeah play actors I don't like know, if, maybe. if if somebody's doing civil war reenactment and then they they leave their gray suit on and storm the capital then they're the equivalent of a golden dawn magician um as far as uh how seriously they take their their play acting <laughs> all right i'll take your word for it <laughs> very seriously taking very seriously the victorian approach to ceremonial magic and then you know, getting mad at people for breaking. I'm not sure they took it more seriously than, for example, we did. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think they seem they, to. I mean, like, wait, and them. I mean, they they didn't have a copyright thing to worry about. They I think it was literally the the deadly and hostile stream of power that kept them from just using book T symbolism. But like, for you know, we were very monastic in our regimentation of, of regalia and robes and nemesis. And that's true. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they could have, they just wore gowns. And if you wore a nemesis, it had no tail and you didn't necessarily wear one. Apparently they were very laissez faire and just right. whatever. And, you know, probably quite a bit more Masonic than we realize. Yeah. I guess. But as far as secrecy and stuff like that, I, I mean, people, I think, <laughs> inside in the group at the time of being well, in the group people take they the got they had to read their initiations in court so they they failed on the secrecy part right but then wasn't it just <laughs> mathers that did that or he was talking about it in the newspaper anyway but... well the horos scandal yeah yeah right because mathers that, that oath mathers was mathers like met these fucking like fat drunk americans who were like <laughs> who just showed up in paris and he just declared them like six, five and seven, four masters of God. Oh my God. Or, you know, it was just, and then they went to London and used papers they'd stolen from him to like rape a bunch of women uh, <laughs> under the name of yeah. Goma. It's like crazy. They were doing some kind of weird hypnotism thing, weren't they? And the, Drugging they're, they're women and she would watch while her husband raped them. Oh, 
Jesus. There, there was one thing I remember from that story was that they, they seem to have added to their oath, I will not read anything that hasn't been revealed to me yet, which there, that wasn't in our oath, but there was, there was sort of uh, an understanding about that in, uh, in the old days, in the mid-90s, in the Temple of Isis. You weren't supposed to read ahead. Like, now that you're in the order, you're not allowed to read all of these published works, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, wait until it's revealed to you. It wasn't really an, an allowed thing, but it was it was made clear to me, and I was like being very obedient at the time, and I sort of programmed myself and brainwashed myself into adhering to that behavior, so that by the time that I would have been interested in breaking that, like it was, it was, you know, you can read ahead, but then you won't be getting the authentic experience. That the best way to learn these things is to learn them from us, you know, in class, in ritual, in ceremony. Um, so the, the books are there if you want to read them. Alt magic is there if you want to go, but we don't recommend it. And so I was like a teenager saying, okay, well, then I'll do, I'll do it the way they recommend it. So by the time that I would have been willing to break that oath, I had lost all interest in the subject. So I was just reading sci-fi. So people get shocked when they find out how few things I've read in the occult uh, world that I really just learned it all from from people, but there were mm -hmm. a lot of people and they read the books. And so I indirectly got a lot of the information. You know. And most of them also learned from other people who learned from other people exactly. who also study the books. And there's a lot of information and knowledge out there. I mean, when you think of all the GD people from the original order onward and just other, just think of occult orders and magical groups in general, how much developed knowledge there's that shared and passed along over the world right it's yeah, it's a lot yeah. it's that's the reason you want to work and learn from people is because of that shared group knowledge that's passed on and and tested out and you know like that's why like when i joined and i joined uh you know that's something we share right it's like there are very few of us i think joined in high school or got yeah. in at high school you did with your mom yeah. and then yeah. there was uh then there was uh i the other day just a few a couple weeks ago, I, I did a uh, face vest video call um, mm -hmm. with uh, with Victoria for the first time since in what since two thousand two oh, two thousand three, yeah, yeah. and mm. uh, that was crazy. That was awesome. It was a great chat. We talked for way oh, too nice. long, and yeah, uh, yeah. so you, me, her, and 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 Mimo were the only sixteen and fifteen year olds. Wow. that that i think probably have ever been initiated into any golden dawn order and if there's anyone else out there yeah give us a shout know. we'll make it yeah, yeah. the weirdest facebook group ever or something like that <laughs> and just talk about what it was like going through the elemental initiations in high school i think even crowley was like 19 or something wasn't he? i think he was like more 23 and just really? got his okay. millions really okay okay I yeah I, I mean I I I just catch bits he of information. He would like show up dressed together. to the nines, wearing like he had more money than anyone but Horniman probably, right? So right. Just I just like, thought he got that. This later. millionaire twenty-three-year-old yeah. showing up. Can you imagine mm -hmm. what that would be like? Wow. No wonder yeah. he like Yates didn't like him. It's like under this the pretentious influence of his douche. asthma medication, which happened to be heroin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. Well, you need heroin to help your breathing when you're doing a lot of cocaine and peyote, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Though, though, though Richard Kaczynski argues he's only ever, he only really ever used drugs under doctor's orders primarily. And that was about it. But I don't know. It seems suspicious to me. It seems, but it could right. be true. Could be true. You know, mm. 
So is DMT a, a big thing in India? No, not at all. They've never heard of it in India. I mean, at least as at least the people I've talked to. They've heard of it in Goa. Probably, yeah. I I I, I never really got into that <clears throat> scene, you know, um, that sort of like extreme psychedelic party scene of. Yeah, of no, Goa. me neither. I've Apparently, seen I was told I would love it, but just Maybe. I'm not into really big crowds. I know if I crowds. was younger. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, yeah the, there that that scene does exist. Um, I prefer foreigners, isolated there's, monasteries. There's Indian Indian people too that are in that scene. Um, you know, people think that it's just a fully colonial th- you know situation where it's just white people that come over here and do drugs. But no, it's it's half of them are Indian. You know, so and they they wear the tie dye and they they speak the speak and kind of like have that you know that that psychedelic hippie mentality and it, it's like like a lot of russians it's mostly russians and indians and then a lot of uh israeli and then one or two americans more british than americans um, you, you meet a canadian every now and then i remember there was this french canadian is it redundant to say french canadian asshole no i uh <laughs> is it it's not an oxymoron no offense. <laughs> it's not an oxymoron <laughs> yeah um so he was he was a fireman and he was very muscular and uh you know and i went out to varanasi this was back in 2018 and uh so i was talking to the brazilian that was smoking me out and uh you know there was a, a guy from brazil uh, a mexican guy a woman from chile and we were i get along very well you know uh generally speaking with the, with those those communities and we were smoking weed and having this great conversation and I was talking about the the Indian woman that I met and fell in love with and how we were going to get married and this random fucking French Canadian muscular fireman on the end of the end of the table was like oh don't marry her don't marry don't marry this woman tell me you're not going to marry this woman I'm like excuse me who are you you know I'm like thanks for the unsolicited advice but I'm going to go ahead and not take it you know like and I don't know he was just one of these these dude bros, you know, like, like, uh, sort of the red pill folks, you know, the, uh, the pickup artist types, you know, no, man, that's just the racist or that's just the Quebecois, man. They're like, do not marry the woman. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) You stupid American can he get, you do not want to marry the woman. You just go to boom no, boom no and then have like coffee Canadians and go home. There, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, that was fun. But but yeah, so that scene exists. But I I, I think they they're mostly just into LSD and stuff like that. Um, but uh, one 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 uh, you know trick trick of the trick of the trade is if you're if you're hanging out on the beaches of Goa, and you see those Nigerian guys that are just kind of hanging around. Like you don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of hanging around. Just sit at a restaurant nearby and watch and wait until they go to a particular spot and dig. And uh, and then, you know, that's where they keep the drugs, you know, because they're dealing. And so not to say all Nigerians in India are drug dealers. It's just that the ones that hang around on the beach and you don't know what they're doing, those are the drug dealers. Anyway, so so yeah, then then after they leave, then you go over to that same spot and you dig up all the drugs and then you can do the drugs, you can sell the drugs. They'll probably end up killed. So it's sort of rude. But if you so have not getting monetized. How to get your free <laughs> drugs in Goa, you know. But, uh, that's amazing. But yeah, so that's 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's where to get the ls how to get your free yeah did you is aaron leach uh on mentioned that the enochian angels because he's not a drug guy at all, I'm certain. Ain't mm. the Enochian angels told him to try to work with them on acid? Isn't that crazy? Oh, interesting. Have you ever tried huh. that? Enochian on acid? I can't say I have. Jason Louv did all the aethers in one night on acid while having group sex. Makes sense. According to what? <laughs> according to what he said on Midnight Gospel. Right. Right. Huh. I'm quoting I mean, Midnight Gospel, sense. and if I'm wrong, mea culpa. <laughs> but I don't think I, I'm pretty. I watch that a lot. I, I always, I mean, I, no I know ritual I, a? I, my experience with with uh, with it, with that is different from from other people's. I know I've I've talked to uh, I forget what he goes by now, uh, Bishop Leo, I think is what he's going by um, down in in the Midwest. Um, he he used to have some very profound positive experiences working with like opening by watchtower combined with lsd but my experience with it i mean i did have some experience with it but but my overall conclusion was that they didn't mix only because like lsd took me to a level where i felt silly going wow like talking with my mouth and moving with my arm i just felt like a little chipmunk you know like oh look at the little chipmunk doing some kind of weird symbolic thing that he needs to do in order to get him to the place where i already am you know i i don't know um if that makes sense or maybe that comes across as offensive to some folks i hope not but like yeah the 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 the, the movements and the words and everything of the rituals it, it just seemed like you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm already in graduate studies. Why am I singing the ABCs? You know, like, uh, like this is a very basic way to get from A to B and I'm already at Q, you know, or, or Z. Q's gotten a bad rep lately. So ritual uh, takes letter, you but farther than drugs in your experience. LSD takes you farther than uh, the LBRP at least. Oh know? yeah. No, yeah. Well. <laughs> I but mean. I think someone, someone doing the bornless dead sober i mean not dead but you know uh, uh, clean sober doing the bornless ritual putting putting their all into it is going to get further than a than a 13 year old dropping acid at a party you know so it's it's context is important too Set think, and setting. Uh, yeah exactly yeah yeah but as for, like being being quiet and contemplative and meditative and sitting somewhere where you can see the sky and uh and and the green the greenery around you you know under the influence of lsd or something like that i think for me it would get me further than than ritual but i think even from the very beginning there was a performative aspect to ritual and becoming a teacher at a young age um it i think it tainted my work uh because i i never got to enjoy like some people become ceremonial magicians and just practice ceremonial magic and then write it down in their journal. You know, I did this ritual for the 2000th time and this time I did it this way and these were the results. Cool. All right. Now I'm going to go have lunch with my family. For me, 99% of the time I was doing ritual, I was instructing somebody else on how to do the ritual. Or, or I was uh, doing it in a way that like, I'm dressed as the high risk and I wanna kind of impress everybody. 
uh, as I'm doing the ritual. So I think that that doesn't mix with LSD is the thing. Um, that pr performative ritual with the assumption of hierarchy doesn't mix with LSD. I want to talk more about us teaching at young ages as we did. Yeah. That would be interesting. But also I'm curious about the performative element because for me, I noticed a really a really distinct thing that in the Golden Dawn that was didn't really phase me at all because I had already been in um, I had already done uh, my own little high school Wiccan coven. I had mm. done a lot of I arranged improv acting clubs doing like, you know, Vampire yeah. of the Masquerade for high school. <laughs> and so like that, that was that. that was managing yeah. like that was age 12 managing 80 people like having mm. to call all of them, email all of them. Well, not email. It was just it was phone calls back then. And those like mm. school class lists and stuff, making characters for them with like the popular kids over the phone because they all wanted to show up because the girls were there and the girls were excited to be right. there because the guys would have to behave in this adult character form as a Giovanni <laughs> banker who's corrupt <laughs> making dealings with the prince with these with these garu werewolves that are you know invading our territory like the girls loved it and the popular hmm. guys loved that the girls were there interacting with them without any pretense funny how you right. had to step into a, a improv character role yeah. to, to escape pretense the necessitation of pre pretense in real life that's true that aspect of it is definitely true and that was something that i took so for granted that i i forget about it sometimes was that when i would leave like i'd be at the temple and i'd be dealing with voldemort or whatever bullshit whatever you know like literal interpretations of genesis or you have to do it because the third order says so and i'd be like this is the stupidest thing why did i do this with my life but then i'd go call my friend you know um <laughs> you know and say hey what are you up to i'm at the bar and i go to the bar and there's a bunch of sweaty guys trying to pick up on chicks and like you know like two of them are leaving and one of them says wear a rubber you know and it's like is this the alternative you know like this is real life this is what everybody else is doing while i'm at the temple saying uh sir would you please you know uh bring forth the incense you know and then blessing the incense or bless you know what i mean like like i'm doing something weird but at least there's like respect between men and women and uh there's like an interaction that isn't just like Hey, check out tits over there by the, you know, the jukebox, you know, or whatever. So, you know, like that, that reminded me of what you were saying about Vampire the Masquerade. That like, I love it. To, I love it. I you love have to it. go Mind's, into a temple yeah. and Mind's put on a theater. robe to yeah. be, be like a, a civilized human being. It's, 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 it's like clinical therapy in action and mystery plays rolled into one. Mm, mm like you're working out your issues because you're probably representing a character with some extreme qualities of yourself that you have or wish you had or are curious right. about in an objective sense if you're one of those weird my uh, character is bisexual you know. yeah <laughs> like dude i think you're gay no no <laughs> i like women i like the boobies it's the boobies are very hot, but my, <laughs> my character is Because you know, checking out the night. Yeah, we're talking like 1993 when we were doing this, so there was right. definitely like you know Still that was that was back best, in the yeah. day when you'd be like, I don't know any gay people. It's like, chances are you do. You do. Chances yeah. are you do. 
They're just, just don't know it because you know by people like you dude back yeah. then like even fucking hillary clinton was like anti-gay yeah you know that's true yeah, yeah. and yeah. then she flipped when everyone when the rest was of the world anti-gay flipped. back yeah. then yeah yeah, yeah it was said, it well, was i just think you know marriage is uh by definition between a man and a woman fucking chill check in with her a few years later yeah so like you know uh, there is this mystery play element because you're putting on a story that has an overall meaning in it with all these mm. people doing improv acting, which is what mm. it was because LARPing didn't exist back then. This is pre LARPing. Mm. Um, it's the same thing, but like they didn't exist. And there's, I could talk about this for way too long. I should probably start a separate channel if I want to ever get into my thoughts on this. I could do that rabbit hole for years because it's so interesting but the magical side of it's sort of the psycho psycho spiritual side of it's sort of interesting because you do get to represent a, a version of yours so you get to do this in dungeons and dragons as well just on a tabletop format right with mm. uh it was way less intensive you know when you're improv acting and dressing up like your character you're essentially putting on a god form and right. becoming this other being and yeah. like you know unless you go out of character you're you're in that character nonstop for like six hours every Friday night. Yeah, it's fun to think of all the fundy Christians in the Bible Belt getting freaked out in the '80s about their kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, you know, I'm sure it was horrible to have to deal with that, but you know, it's we didn't notice it too much because, but that's because yeah. I'm from well, like West Coast Canada is not yeah. Bible Belt America for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. no, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, but anyway that's interesting uh yeah the what was the other part of that that was uh oh just about being about. a teacher perform the performative aspect uh, at a young age uh so yeah the i noticed always that there was like some people in the golden dawn who really enjoyed that performative access and being in robes and having titles and all of that mm -hmm. and then there's people who were nonplussed by it i was one of the people who was nonplussed by it. it's like okay if i have to you know yeah, if that's part yeah. of it like sure yeah. i'm i don't i'm no complaints even not like oh i'll try it but reserve judgment no fine okay whatever because i had already done am work i'd done wiccan coven i'd done uh tra maharishi transcendental meditation since childhood since since the mm -hmm. womb and uh and so like the some of the the weird quirks that might have stood out and walder school let's not forget that steiner shula mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. some of the things that might have weirded out the normal person in in the golden dawn didn't weird me out um right but i did notice that some people were really into it for you know the cloaks and robes let's yeah, say yeah. and some people weren't but Sometimes there's it, the but i'm not reasons. saying here's the interesting part of that i'm not saying there was two those two kinds of people i'm saying there was actually four kinds because then there was the people of the first type who cared about that stuff who then through the process learned to stop caring about it yeah yeah. And then there was the people who didn't care about it, but then through the process had their egos blow up to where like they're obsessed with it. Mm. And those are the mm. people who often then like schism to then form their own orders. Right, right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Versus those of us who sort of went dark, as they say. Yeah, leaving. Yeah. 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 There's like, a difference between leaving and then leaving. And then there's you who started a podcast <laughs> saying things that even make me blush. <laughs> some of your yeah. rants man oh my god they make me feel like a kindergartner oh no yeah I, innocent I, for I these words I, I my my dad was a was a college professor so i always 
uh, manners of speech when I was like five years old. So when I had zero knowledge, z absolute zero information, zero things to offer, I spoke with an air of authority. So <laughs> that's sort of a handicap, I think, on, uh, for me. Um, and, but then as I got older, then, you know, being being a, an adult, you know, not to mention in a, a certain demographic and then speaking with an air of authority, they all kind of fit together, you know. Um, and so I, 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 I skated by with C's in the order. Um, I remember when I was when I was testing out of practicus, my my proctor was about to leave. He was like the, the last his last act as a uh, as a as a, a person in the order was to test me out of practicus. And so, so we, I think, I don't know if we both got drunk. I think I definitely drank more than he did. Um, but it was mostly me just like telling him about the insights that I had about this and that. And I even talked about the DNA alphabet and he was gonna do experiments with, uh, you know, Enochian cause he saw ties in with Enochian because of the five, the, the elements and, you know, it, there being a language, basically that's all they really have in common is, is that there's letters and that there's elements um, involved. But, but yeah, so, so yeah, I got really drunk and, and talked a lot, um, but I managed to graduate out of practice without having all the names of the, of the Tatwas memorized. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think there was, yeah, I, and not, not quite nepotism. There was sort of a, like a, you know, I don't know, maybe like because uh, my mom was in the order. So I definitely getting into the second order when I after after they invited me in and then I was initiated and they said, OK, now you're on the email forum. I was able to look back in the older emails and, uh, you know, they were saying, well, you know, any son of, of Sora A, you know, like I don't know Fred or BT, but I know Sora A and it'd be nice to have have her legacy around, you know, so there was a bit of nepotism there as far as like their their reasons for all agreeing that I should be initiated was because I was my mother's son so so I don't know I there a lot of a lot of other people had to work harder than I did and uh and to to learn more to memorize more and prove themselves more yeah I and I I, I didn't really I it, that was shocking to me like when I saw how people like you and Todd were uh, being treated like some kind of like Mickey Mouse apprentice, sorcerer's apprentice, you know, kind of thing, like uh, being whipped by the by the wizard, you know, emotionally and verbally and sometimes physically. Um, I don't know if they, I don't think they physically beat you or anything, but definitely emotionally. Jesus, why, why did they, why did they, why is that guy, I thought he was an asshole back then. Now I think he's a very lovely person, just going on record, you know. Uh-oh, audio went away. Uh-oh. Now I'll have to entertain people while you get that worked out. So, hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'll read another poem while you get your audio worked out. I'll let you know when I can hear you. <laughs> All right. Uh, to the future. Oh, okay, okay, there you are. Oh, I heard you for a second, but then you went away. Fuck. All right. To the future. Nothing so profound, just talking to myself. Somewhere good, like sit-ups and push-ups of the pen? Did you ever climb that figurative literary Everest? What did it turn out to be? Am I consciously and unconsciously measuring success by ratings and approval? Goodness with success? 
worthiness with goodness? And if so, if so, should I stop? Probably. Why are you still quiet? What happened? Is it me? Is it thee? What about now? All right, and you're back. What what changed? Is it just the the cable or? All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I, I the it's but, um, the mic, it's the condenser mic. The connection is is bad down below. Mm. That's okay, loose. Okay. That's loose. So if I just need to get an XLR for that and then run it. Oh, okay. So you're keyboard. using the other mic, the mic on your headset now. Yep. No. I just okay, got this okay. new headset today. It was like $56 headset on sale for 20 bucks. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. how you get rich. That's how you get rich. <laughs> Did you know yeah. that? I know. You can just like endear yourself to relatives and then poison them. Right. right. Or that's one way. Or or you you get a bunch of loans and then buy the most expensive suits, the most expensive cars, you go to the most expensive clubs and stand next to the rich people and by osmosis you you, you get That's rich, what Schindler right? did. <laughs> True story. Well it worked for him. I was I think I was quoting Ben Stein's guide to losing all your money but <laughs> Oh my God, what were we talking about before our technical issues? Um, yeah, well, I was just going into like how it was for me, the performative aspect, the authority aspect. Yeah, no, uh, I'm here. I think this is very interesting because so few, how many people were in the Golden Dawn in high school? Like what more yeah, Harry Potter shit could you want? want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I was going through stuff. I mean, literally a lot of my memories of the early grades take place in high school. Like I yeah. was, I, I, I did my first Klopothic middle pillar uh in the in the bathroom at the auditorium where i used to to do the drama they called it the clopothic middle well, pillar you, just well, because no one did that what you did you didn't do that no one does that <laughs> i invented it i uh no, no. I, I what i did was i i took i i saw because 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 nineveh had the turbo middle pillar with the uh with with all four worlds did you ever do that one where the uh, Dude, in Reiki position for two hours right in class. yeah yeah so I, I I got um Kabbalah unveiled actually I was working at a bookstore a used bookstore and I found my dad's copy of Mather's uh Kabbalah unveiled with my dad's signature inside it and so the guy who was selling the book through that bookstore said well the universe wants you to have that book apparently and so you know but there's this fold out like you know Playboy has the fold out there's this fold out and and it has uh you know the the divine names the archangels the uh the choirs of angels the heavens of messiah the choirs of demons the arch devil and the the sphere of the clip off you know and so i thought well you know we could just take the take the turbo middle pillar one step further start with the divine name i wasn't just calling on the clip off i was start putting it all under the rulership of the divine name so in my mind it was as edgy as crowley invoking goetia to in order to put them under will or something but i was i was gonna um but maybe invoking it inside your own body is a little weird so so yeah i got like the 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 time i did that and the, the how how powerful i felt and then how the headache i got all revolves around like going from this class you know fifth period and then going here and then this teacher was there and you know so like a, a lot of that was my uh experiment ground where, where i i tried out a lot of this outer order 
you know, uh, magic was was in the context of school or or school drama, or like for example, using God forms uh, with my school plays. There was one point where where I left after after my proctor. There was a scandal. And he left. Yeah, and uh, and so I, I directed the Glass Menagerie. So I had uh, I had the actors create Tom and and uh, Amanda and and Laura Godforms and uh, you know recreate them and, and then taught them how to banish them into the white light and everything. And I remember one one night at my house, I had them all get into Godform, and uh, you know they it was all very serious and candles and everything. And then uh, the the actress who was playing Laura turned to the actor playing Tom and they just locked eyes and she said, why? And he just tears just came right down. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, we've got it. You guys are in character, you know, like this is, this goes beyond, beyond method acting a little bit, you know, I mean, if you're doing it right. And uh, so, so that's what we did every night was we got into our, into our character God forms before we performed the glass menagerie. I remember you telling me that before. I don't know if it was on a podcast or whatever, but it's so awesome because like, dude, grade eight, Macbeth, I was cast as Hikate under mm. protest. I wanted to be a witch, but they said only girls can be witches. So they cast me as Hikate. So you're Hikate. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, I had, I had long black hair down to my waist, right? right? So, you know, and I already wore makeup, white makeup and eyeliner and fangs everything. Yeah, yeah. So it works. And rice. So whatever. Let that fucking kid yeah. like, yeah, man, dude, dude, the girls would just like surround me at recess and kick me on the ground till I was like, <laughs> so like nonstop. Like they're just like, cause there was like, oh. there was like th two or three guys in my class and like 16 mm -hmm. girls. And mm -hmm. so at the PTA meetings, apparently the constant conversation from grade four to grade eight was how they could stop the girls from shit kicking the guys all the time <laughs> it was so abusive but then we got to high wow. school and the girls hormones kicked in and next time next all of a sudden it was right. like if i take my shirt off will you give me a massage mm -hmm. right so it flipped in high school and we're like we're like flashing back to all the beatings and we're like yeah remember when you were taller than me <laughs> yeah because they my get the hormones first and then <laughs> my hormones have kicked in too now girl so like i'll right. become the massage fucking master uh um, literally but yeah. so as hikate in grade eight i was just st starting to practice donald michael craig you mm. met him a few times in our order right oh did i ever i might i feel like you i met have. him once you must have you got the call when he had cancer for the ritual right no, mm. I don't even know if I met him actually. Now that I think about some it. some adept who you know was with us twenty years ago gave me a call out of the blue and was like, "Don Craig has cancer. There's a ritual this time. Here's the script. Mm. We're all doing mm. it." And I was like, "How did you find me?" He's like, "Wow, you know." He's like, "I like your band." I'm like, <laughs> "You know, I I didn't know anyone paid attention to me after." We were days. leading up to the schism twelve years ago. I mean, if you mean exactly twelve years ago, yeah. wait, I, there was oh. a lot of things that I missed. When, when there was so much heated drama between the Chicago temple and the California temple. And like, I didn't, I don't know what music came out that year. I don't know what, what movies came out that year. Like I missed everything in, in not only in popular culture, but in the, in the outside our particular Golden Dawn community, occult world as well. So, you know, the more, the more, the more heated the drama was. And like those years when we were focused on the Jerusalem work and all of that stuff, like, I don't, like, I, I don't even know what, 
aughts fashion is or aughts style music you know like or i i still don't you know like like pio keeps you know having having to update me because she was tracking and paying attention to all that stuff back in 2002 through you know today um and like what people were wearing and what what the styles were and what the colors were and what the music was and i just don't know because i was just listening to enigma on repeat for all those years in the temple you know <laughs> or whatever enya you know like adiemos we we had our om yeah <laughs> the eternal om richard <laughs> and then i bought this uh, anonymous for gregorian chants one time and donated it to the temple and then they played it for 32 hours while i was in the box and i'm like i if i could go back in time and shoot myself right before i bought that cd i would you know <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah. oh gloriosa domino so prepping for hikate backstage Mm, I was mm -hmm. started just calling to Hecate and accidentally did a God form. Mm. You know, I, I imagine Hecate all around myself. Well, I didn't do the practical formula of, you know, God form formula, you know, which mm. most people don't even realize. I showed it mm. to my OTOAA buddy the other, other, a few months ago. And he was like, oh, there's a technique for it. I'm like, yeah, there's. I a know, right? You know, gosh, yeah. They, they, they learn it's the not, LBRP almost. Not, it's not just visualizing your shit, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they learned the LBRP almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Ate, Malkuth. I'm like, okay, just a few notes <laughs> so far. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely room for variation within it, but there's yeah. just a difference between seeing people who have done it, who didn't learn it from a book, but from other people who learned it from right. other people. Because after you do it for a any ritual for a long time, you're going to get powerful at it and once you get yeah. powerful at it you pass on that ability to your like you know i recently had a student who was like wow I, you know i'm sort of sad at how little i've learned the last couple of years i'm like you know how to not only do but teach both heptarchial enochian grimoire magic and shem hamefresh angel magic hmm. you know how long it took me <laughs> to be able to do right. that and you can do that at the same level that i can do that after two years mm. it's like mm. that's fucking crazy the only way that could be possible is if you had someone who had put in the 25 30 years before you and learned from a bunch of people and kept learning and kept working and then said hey you know what do this right here yeah. you go here you go served on a platter like a master yeah. chef preparing a gourmet delicacy that took him 30, 40 years to master, but you're, yeah. you're eating it in two seconds and he can give you the recipe and you can fucking go make it for whoever you want like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So accidental God form of Hakate going into Macbeth. Mm. But then mm. when I, in grade 12, so the same student just got COVID, mm. which I don't actually believe he had COVID because he was vaxxed. So I think mm. it's a conspiracy theory because he was vaxxed three times and he got COVID. Mm. I think they're lying about him having COVID because you can't get COVID if you got vaxxed. Well, the chances now are we're but yeah, but move Now on, you're yeah. definitely... I just want to make sure that we're certain, 100% demonetized on this podcast. Because <laughs> I've been talking to all these authors and PhDs and I just needed to let loose with you, bro. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I love you, man. 
<laughs> I love you too. Wait, so, I, I have I have differences of opinion with certain things, but it's okay. I mean, I, like it, it's good actually. One thing I, I I remember about Golden Dawn, there was a sore. I'll just tell this one story. There was a sore. Wait one sec. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Finish the God form segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hecate, Hecate. Because it's a segment. So then, grade eight accidental Hecate God form which mm -hmm. led to like it felt when I was doing the the, the lines because it's one speech basically two little speeches mm -hmm. but one big one I felt another presence in, around me you know but it wasn't mm -hmm. controlling me it was just tincturing me mm -hmm. right that's what yeah. God feel like and I yeah. you know the way I moved was not how I felt I was moving um, right then in grade 12 I was big daddy and cat on a hot tin roof and I had just gone in, I was just testing out a philosophist, getting ready to come down to LA with you to go through portal with you and, and, and V. Mm. And uh, went into the bathroom before playing Big Daddy and put on the Horace God form and mm. did that on stage. And it got, wow. it got VHS recorded. So when this student was sick, I sent him a private link to the whole thing. And you can see me in Horace Godfrey playing Big Daddy and doing the whole role. <laughs> um, because it's on YouTube, it's just a private, private, private link. Obviously, because right. of the the profanity and that old play is not allowed mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know that at the time. It was the 90s. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. There might be a backlash to the backlash, you know. Because uh is yeah, that, it's absurd, like not letting kids read Mark Twain and stuff like that. You know? But anyway, yeah. All right, back to you. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, there was a, a Sora that I knew for years, and she knew my mom and everything. And, uh, and then one day we got drunk, and, she, you know, she was saying, you know, when I was young, I, uh, I used to run with the Aryan Brotherhood. I'm like, wait, what? You know? And what? she was like, yeah, I, I ran, ran away from home. And I might be misremembering some of the details. And so I'm, I, let's make this a slightly fictitious person because the person's still out there and uh, running for fucking Congress. But anyway, um, yeah, no, uh, or some, some, some lower city council position with the red dress doing this, you know? I need my hat, my hat for this story. This dog whistle. Oh anyway, my god! So long story short, yeah. Well, that kind of gives away the ending. So no, no, this one, this one. You know, they're the same. Kyle. They're the same thing. Oh, oh this, the well, this is this they're is communist. The yeah, this is Nazi. They, a little different, but they both yeah. want. They both want to kill us all. <laughs> well, that's a matter of opinion. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I I don't like the Nazis, but I like the communists. So let's just put this here for agreed now. To, agreed to, oh yeah please do put that yeah. in the yeah yeah, yeah. agreed to right, so, on the policy so anyway um <laughs> yeah so that that was basically my point was <clears throat> uh I, I was like you're better now right you're not racist and she was like i was never racist just proud to be white and uh i was like hmm that's fucked up but anyway so so then uh i had a friend who who needed you a don't place need to say the she phrase proud to, to be white that's the thing yeah. you don't need to say that yeah use yeah. a different word Right. So, so I said, you know, well, she has a room to rent, you know, and so she, he rented a room for her and he's like, you got to come over here and see this house. And so I, I came over and uh, so walked into the living room. There's the American flag with a picture of an eagle, George W. Bush. This was 20 years ago. And uh, a red, white and blue candle underneath the American flag. I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck? This is crazy. And he's like, that's not the crazy part. And I was like, oh, really? And so then we turn left and go down this long hall past a big nude picture of the woman whose house it was. 
And, uh, and then at the very end is a big old Confederate flag. I'm like, what the fuck? That's a Confederate flag, Jesus Christ. He's like, that's not the crazy part. I'm like, what? And so then we get to the end of the hall, turn right and into the bedroom. And there is the full on 1930s, bright red Nazi flag. Um, and so, you know, then, then that evening, there was a heated debate between me and that woman about whether that's an evil symbol. And, uh, you know, she's like, if it's, if it's an evil symbol, why is it in the Golden Dawn? I was like, that is not in the Golden Dawn. <laughs> the, the, the swastika itself is a sacred symbol in India and China and Thailand oh and other God. places. And it's even sacred if you go back before the 1920s in, uh, you know, in the Nordic uh, part of the world. But it became an evil symbol once they put that eagle there and that circle. Like this particular symbol is the Nazi flag. This is not the, the evil Thor. When they this is not the... Yeah. They reversed it yeah. and killed millions of people. Right. Well, the reversing it is a little bit of a misnomer I've come to to, to discover that it, it goes both ways. The actually. reversing it on an yeah. angle and right. killing millions of people. The, that, the comp- it's both is what it is. Because you'll, you'll see it reversed on an angle uh, at times. Um, it's not always the square. It's, it's, there's a lot of variations of it when, you're, when you look at temples around here. It's everywhere, literally everywhere. I mean, I've got it on my Lakshmi shrine right over here. Um, nice. And it's the reversed one. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, they go both ways. Um, so there's there's sort of a specifically American, specifically um, you know uh, uh, colonial post colonial um, misnomer that that when it's one way it's sacred when it's the other way it's Nazis that's actually false uh, but anyway um, so so yeah so we were having that debate and uh, and it didn't end it didn't th- there was no resolution to the debate. But she was the landlord, you know, and so she was always then then I get a call again that guy that you you recommended that he read a room for me and he's late with his rent, you know, and so i'm like shit you know okay well this is on the hierarchy i'm supposed to be her. superior and so I fucked up by recommending a guy that isn't paying his rent and so 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 now this woman you know with a nazi flag over her bed is calling and yelling at me because i did something wrong that i don't actually think i did something wrong but i'm apologizing you know so it's just a really weird dynamic and then we do rituals together and and she'd be an officer i'd be an officer uh you know frater bring forth the incense bring forth you know like uh the the purification and consecration and so that was one thing one thing that seemed positive at the time and still seems positive is it it is fucked up but it's but 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 and maybe this is and i talked to augustine about you know when is it going too far like like when you're allowing nazis at the table is that okay you know well that's what what we were doing you know it's like there was no nobody cared if you were a communist or 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 you know a right winger or left winger you know if you got got into a political conversation outside the temple that that was your own business but you better leave that outside when you come into the temple and put on your god form because we got to do a neophyte tonight and uh and so it was like considered like clopothic you know like you you have to like put it under will stomp it under your feet Put on your god form, hug it out, you know, like you're a fratter, you're a sore. And uh, you know, I mean binary, what what can you do? But no, uh, but yeah, the 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 uh that kind of stuff was irrelevant. Like it it wasn't important. That's I, I and I think that's one one important thing to point out is it wasn't important back then. Um it became important sometime over the past 
10, 15 years and, uh, and, and people's polarity of their, especially in the US, maybe in Canada too, but their, their, their political loyalties and identities and uh, all this kind of thing became uh, much more important. And, uh, you know, but I don't know. I mean, back then it was just assumed that everybody was anti-Nazi. Like, like, you know, when they used to make yellow propaganda about uh, Gargamel and, you know, make these fake websites, the whole thing was saying that he was a Nazi. Was, uh, well, he did you know. dress up like one. There was a picture, yeah, there, it, he, at one point, and the, but they just ran with it and started making all these fake Nazi temples and like, you know, Gargamel's a Nazi and he loves Nazi values. And maybe he does, I don't know, but I was much more familiar with our yellow propaganda than, than with the reality of him. But, yeah. All I know is he broke into my house. Mm. Into the temple. Oh yeah, you were living at the temple. Oh, now I remember our conversation. We had that conversation before. And I think I said this before when we were having that conversation. Everything that has happened, it will happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had this conversation before, but you weren't wearing that hat. So the spice you know. must flow. <laughs> Can you hit pause uh, on the recording and I'll make a, a second coffee? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go to the Jack's. And we're back with qualifiers, by the way, free Tibet, fuck the CCP, just to be clear, just to, you know, so there's no confusion. I like the Panthers, not the CCP. Anyway, so what were we this talking is about? because you have a Chinese statue next to you. No, no, no. This is um, a, a Tibetan flag beside Chenrezig, the, uh, cool. the Tibetan form of Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of compassion. Not real big in China. The, uh, the Vajrayana didn't really take root. I mean, it took root for a few hundred years, but they got rid of it. But anyway, you'll find the statues, but no practicing Vajrayanis really in the Have... mainland outside of the Tibetan the occupied play, country formerly known as Tibet. Anyway. Have you seen this? Um, looks familiar. You have to get one, one of these. So this is Pat Zaleski's Oh, it's the only cool. tarot deck that has the proper Golden Dawn four scale colors. Oh, interesting. Okay. Look at that. So next year in the Hermetic Mystery School that I run, like the, the first year, it's going into year three. So the first year we mm. focused on, we, I, we covered a ton of topics, 30 topics, but focused on Enochian magic. This last year we focused on Shem magic. Mm, and this mm. next year we're going to focus on we're going to reaccess the Shem through the tarot. And I was like, well, what better thing to do than to get the officially colored original Golden Dawn colors tarot deck and repathwork the whole deck through the Shem, you know, and it's very oh, different. Nice. It's very different than, yeah. than, than you'd expect. Um, mm. But, but you and like you and me actually know the colors that it's using. And so looking at this, it probably makes you think, yeah, that makes sense. Am I wrong? Like, well, I mean, the the pink is that one of the scales of Venus? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, the the, the hierophant is almost a mat is almost all red. But when you yeah. think about it, that it is what you want. Though. Sort of. Well, it's yeah, got yeah. some orange as well, right? Red. Yeah, orange. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So very, very interesting deck. That S&M scene, what was that one again? Uh, oh, that's the, you know, the lovers being saved from the sea dragon. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked particularly yeah you'll have to get one of one. the it's called the uh <laughs> pat it's the magical tarot of the golden dawn by pat zaleski and i've been wanting one for a while and uh finally found a reason to yeah because you know it's been a long time since i i uh, did anything like we don't usually path work outside of the initiations in a systematic order like you might think right like after five six you path work any path you want right. pretty much mm -hmm. um and so I was always, I think most people are inclined to do the ones that relate to the issues they're working on or the blocks they're facing um, mm. rather than systematically going through it like it's some sort right. of competition. Most magicians, right. most serious magicians don't just run through registers of spirits or exercises like they're trying to pass a test. Most of us actually focus on the things we need, the things we yeah. want, and the things that we, uh, you know, I don't know, how would you say it? I did go through a phase where I was being melodramatic and being a martyr and, you know, I was going through some big emotional issue. <clears throat> so I was pathworking the hanged man. And then I figured since I'm pathworking the hanged man, maybe I should pathwork justice and kind of like pathwork my way up to Gibura, you know, <laughs> kind of using the same formula of uh, working your way up the paths. But then from there, then you'd have what Virgo and, uh, the wheel of fortune and strength but yeah I, I didn't really follow that pattern past philosophers really yeah yeah so i, I think and then I, the abyss <laughs> isn't there one of the one of the trump cards not trump but one of the uh, court cards uh it, it crosses the abyss though doesn't it it goes from uh, from Hestead up to not in maybe. not in the kircher tree not in the Kircher tree, but like there's a crisscross in the right. in, in the Jewish right. tree. No, but I mean uh, uh, those other paths, like the because in the, Jewish Kabbalah, the king of the king of swords path, the queen of wands path that like connects, you know, things oh, like yeah. Bina with Yesod and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but in the Jewish tree, you actually have an X crossing over Daat. Mm. And, uh, so it looks and, like an upside and, down pentagram. And, and, yeah. and you're right. And, and dot in the Jewish tree really is actual knowledge. Like it's it's mm -hmm. your knowledge. Um, and and that's always how I've I've always been a bigger fan of Jewish Kabbalah than Hermetic. Right. Um, but unfortunately, in magic, you sort of need to know both. So uh, yeah. well, that's so. But you know, that's not unfortunate. Actually, it's totally fine. It's like learning dialects. Um, you know. But I think there's so much to be learned from Jewish Kabbalah. <clears throat> as well as from yeah. Christian, but the Jewish stuff, like, especially like it, it helps eradicate some of these BS ideas about the abyss that Crowley perpetrated, you know? Mm, yeah. Mm. Like people get so high and mighty about that shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I like the very simplified. That doesn't I mean, impress me. Crossing the abyss doesn't impress me. You know what right, impresses right. me? Having a close relationship with fucking Raphael. But like Hode as water and Mercury and uh, Netzach as fire and Venus, like it's it's really dumbed down and bastardized Kabbalah. I mean, from a from a from a Jewish Kabbalist perspective, it's it's 
you know, it's what not as dumbed down as you've as done we, to it. You know, we probably but there's are no harsh, Venus. <laughs> we're there's harsher, no, you know, we're harsher yeah. on ourselves than Jewish Kabbalists are on us. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. We're we're but, we're uh, more like ashamed of of Christian Kabbalah and Hermetic Kabbalah. Well, because they they, they, they don't like know hey, how you know, simplified and bastardized it is, but we do. The um, ones I've met are like, hey, at least you know you're thinking about it. You're thinking about right? it, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> you know, for you, Jesus is the Son of God. For us, meh. He's a, he was a nice boy. Yeah. Joseph's prophet. Son, right? he, was a, yeah. he was an okay prophet. <laughs> he was a, even better. He, he, okay he wasn't very good at swimming. Yeah, wasn't a very good carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd go into something else. But, but yeah, like, no, I like that the, psych, the psychological. Um, I mean, they they sort of can operate in a psychological context. I mean, I think there's the post psychology hermetic tree of life, where uh, you know left brain and right brain are kind of applied to uh, Hode and Netzach, and uh, you know Yesod and all the pathworking and all of that stuff. I mean, obviously they don't do like they don't pathwork the universe card from Malkut to Yesod and Jewish Kabbalah. That's an entirely uh, hermetic Kabbalah thing. Um, That's but, a golden dawn thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Credit where credit is due for better yeah. or worse. There's there's golden dawn and then Thalema. So there's bastardized. Kabbalah is Golden Dawn, bastardized Golden Dawn is Thalema, bastardized Thalema is Scientology. Everybody knows this. Um. <laughs> it's because it's true. Oh my God, I can't believe you said bastardized Thalema is Scientology. And it's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, make it more accessible to everybody. I mean, but, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm using the term bastardized like Jon Snow was a bastard, right? So bastards are cool. Um, you My could say Buddhism bastard. was bastardized Jainism, you know, like people who's, yeah, whose parents aren't married when they're, no, but um, no. Yeah. I, I mean, so like, if, for example, I, I like to, to paint the picture that, you know, whether it's true or not, that, uh, yeah. Uh, Mahavir and, and Jainism were, you know, they had a very narrow way to enlightenment. Like only enlightenment is for the few. There's a few great men. Once every 900 years or so, someone can attain enlightenment and you should worship them. And every once in a while, if you want to try the path to enlightenment, well, you then you got to stand on your head and starve yourself for 15 years and cut yourself. And I'm exaggerating. Jainists aren't really like this. They were 2000 years ago, but not anymore. No. Uh, but, but then along comes Lord Buddha and uh, you know, or Siddhartha Gautama, and he learns all these things and like, go starve yourself. And so he's starving himself. And then one day he's like, I, I'm going to have some rice, you know? And so the other Jainists are like, you have broken vow you have you have you know you're an oath breaker you know like you you've left the path behind mr crowley i mean mr gautama and uh and so then he creates a a, a way to enlightenment that is much more accessible and uh so l ron hubbard did with uh <laughs> never mind too many too many analogies and comparisons and metaphors and you know but yeah, so yeah, affinity, reality, and communication makes a lot more sense to people than uh, sulfur, salt, and mercury. So, <laughs> sorry, is that too much or too little?
No, I'm just absorbing it all. While while you were making coffee and uh having a quick break there, I made <clears> the wise decision to finish the joint. Oh, good. I haven't had one of those in a long time. <laughs> well, it seems like you were stoned for the last few years, but that was probably because of yeah. lockdown. Well, I was in Goa. Yeah, I love Goa, Goa and yeah. COVID both. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there to do? I yeah, started a podcast. Was, <laughs> there was uh, I, when I first came to Nepal, I I wasn't I was vegan and I wasn't smoking cigarettes. And then I met Carlos, and uh, he was smoking hash with with tobacco. And uh, so I would smoke with him, but then I'd crave it more for the tobacco than for the hash, you know. And so then I started smoking cigarettes again. And then I came to India and people were just sort of making fun of me for always being like, oh, does that have whey in it? I'm sorry, I can't eat. Oh, does that have paneer? No, I can't eat paneer. I'm vegan, you know. And so now I eat meat. <laughs> you know, like I just, and I, I smoked cigarettes for four years and ate meat, you know, in India and sort of fell off my, my California yoga. Can you habits. actually I, get um, cow there and like eat steaks? Um, I don't think so. In I mean, India? they always say that when when you're when something is beef on a menu, they say it's uh, buffalo. Um, but so can you go to a restaurant and get a steak like tonight? Yeah, but it's buffalo. It's not cow. No, dude, that's even better. That sounds like way. Yeah. Better. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's available, but it's hard to say. Like, if it is, then nobody would say anything because somebody would end up dead, you know. So, there's, so there's, is there's... it actually illegal to kill cows? There? No, no, but there's people who will kill you for it. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah, so, there, yeah, so no one serious. actually serves cow burgers. No one will advertise that they're serving cow burgers if they are. And you wouldn't say if you had had them anywhere. No, no, they just don't say. No one says, you know, hey, get your cow meat over here because they'd end up dead, you know. Yeah. So they say, wow. you know, it's beef. That's intense. They, like, that's some real shit. Cow? No, it's buffalo, you know. That's yeah. pretty, it's pretty hardcore. That's pretty yeah, hardcore. Yeah, they, 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 when, uh, there, there was a little bit of when they were, I mean, that was one of the things. The, the reason why there's Pakistan now is, uh, is back in the day when the, uh, the Wahhabi jihadist Muslims and the Hindu, you know, uh, revolutionaries were working together to try to fight off the British, to try to get the last of the Mughal emperors on, on the side of the revolution so that they could band together and get rid of the British. Um, they would have little skirmishes because the Muslim revolutionaries would have beef one night and the Hindu revolutionaries would want to kill the Muslim revolutionaries, you know, for the, because they ate beef. And so the British were like taking notes, like, okay, you know, like, um, oh <laughs> this, is how to, this is how to keep, keep them from uniting against us is make sure that they're fighting each other. I have an idea. Let's draw a line down the middle of everything and say, if you're Muslim, live on that side. And, you know, if you're Hindu on that side, and then, yeah, everybody just forgot how much they hated the British and just you know, focused on how much they hate each other. So. Yeah, <clears throat> I learned a lot about that from uh, watching Miss Marvel. Oh yeah, I, I did, never watched that, but uh, but there was that one Doctor Who episode. You know, Chris Chinball. Uh, aside from the the Chinball issue, you know, he Chibnall. I actually watched a few documentaries about the uh, that whole process uh, recently, and it was it was very illuminating. It, yeah. it, it it actually was very similar 
not exactly, but in some ways to like uh, last year or the year before. Again, I watched a lot of documentaries during COVID, mm -hmm. but I like really brushed up on Paul Potts, you know, and the whole Cambodian killing fields because I, mm -hmm. I got to spend like a day there and I can't like the idea of spending more time there. I had friends who spent weeks and months there, even in the bush of Cambodia, like shitting off the edge of canoes with, you know, two week long diarrhea from the food living mm. up in 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 canopies with the tribal people i had buddies who did that shit at mm. 50 something years old and wow. i just spent one day in cambodia and i was like i don't think i should stay here like you know you're, you're it's it's intense and uh, i need to brush up on that i'm not i know there's a song holiday in cambodia but i uh, yeah paul potts and the killing fields man like it's our lifetime right so i remember mm. i remember when it happened and uh well, hey, you know, we got way more drama now. Like, dude, nuclear. It wasn't war. in the U.S. news. I mean, I mean, I wasn't watching the news, but I didn't hear anything about it. Are you? What do you think about humanity and like our survival versus extinction versus spirituality, rising to the fourth and fifth dimension and transcending and talking to the aliens and uniting in a global federation? Well. I mean, aside from that, like, I, I think those guys are cute. I always, I always, you know, like I have a, like you said, it, things look different a hundred years later looking back or a thousand years later looking back. So when like, like, I mean, even a little bit, a little bit, I reserve my, I mean, okay, they're crazy. They're fucking crazy. The Q ones, but, but like the Galactic Federation people, like, I'm like, okay. Let's just see where this goes, you know, like, uh, you know, religion is new, like it's it's going to look like an ugly duckling. I'm sure Christianity and every every religion that was new looked like a weird, weird thing in the beginning, especially. I mean, they all started out as cults, really. Right. Cheers to um, the church of the hermaphroditical Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cheers. And uh, so the, the yeah, the Galactic Federation, I don't know. But as far as humanity, I think that like things are progressing forward as far as um like i think that the 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 assumptions i had when i was younger have been challenged or all out contradicted by 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 the experience of how things are unfolding and when i look back at how i thought the internet was going to uh unfold and how it was going to change things versus how it did um, so far, it's only been what a couple decades. Um, like I thought that it would just improve things. I thought that having more information meant more education. I thought that having more communication meant more harmony. Boy, was I wrong. Um, I, I, it turns out that more information means a diminished reputation for education and that having more communication meant less harmony. Um, but I, but, but I think that more people have a voice than ever did before. Um, as far as like people that used to just kind of like talk to themselves or just talk within their communities now can be heard, you know, at least have the ability. Dude, to think heard. of all the super underprivileged, poor farmer, immigrant girls who are now millionaires from OnlyFans. 
Well, that's one aspect of it. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's one aspect of it. I'm sorry, I had but, to say something insane. Yeah, no, no, but, but it's, it's still it's like true. it's double edged, right? It is. It's legit. Yeah, it's, that, and I'm and, sort of glad that a lot of like things. that could just snap like bronies like, bronies and racist violence fetishes whatever you know like it, you can find other people like yourself you can create a sense of community and then even though you're the only one in your town you can feel like you're part of an army you know, of bronies or or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like Golden Dawners, Esoteric Nerds, right? Yeah. Hey man, don't 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 mix up Golden Dawn and Dungeons and Dragons. You know why? Mm. One of those things is actually fun. <laughs> That's true. I still haven't played Dungeons and Dragons. I overheard my friend's older brother doing it once in the early nineties. That's you the, the and books. I, have I the saw minis. you buy the books. I bought the books. I okay, bought the okay. minis. You know, Dude, we I do uh, dice. We, do, we do a whole long weekend campaign, a long weekend campaign at your place. You fly me out, we do a campaign, I steal your ring and you fly me out. <laughs> Show people the ring. Show people the ring. Yeah. Show the audience. There we go. Because this, yeah. Okay, that is beautiful. So this is McGregor Mathers' ring. Yes, and this is where he kept his uh, a student of mine. Poison. Shout out to Blaine. Was like sent me a link to a guy, and we talked. Do you want to buy it? No, I don't have the money. Well, I'd rather buy a computer that was broken and that I had to return, and now it doesn't matter. And so oh. you got it, which is amazing. So yeah, yeah, now you have a place to keep your cocaine. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, clearly you do a ton of cocaine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I got into that briefly when I was a kid. Um, yeah, when I was in yeah you did have a kind of wild childhood even before the Golden Dawn, didn't you? Before the Golden Dawn, was, I was 15. <laughs> right. Before right. the Golden Dawn was a year of Wicca. Me too. And then, uh, like, yeah, yeah. When, when, so my dad died when I was 15, and I wouldn't say my life was wild before that. I mean, I would go out to Lake Havasu and go jet skiing with my mom. That's as fun as You I told got, me some story of, like, a prince in a limo or something. Oh, like, right. Dude, no, no, it was his me. Audi. <laughs> it, was, it was the back of an Audi. Um, dude, that trauma. But, yeah, a Danish prince, so I had my got my Hamlet, uh, you know, experience. But, anyway... Um, yeah, enough about that. Um, <laughs> about what? That I don't know ago. what. That was philosophers, though. So before Golden Dawn, like I said, before Golden Dawn, what, it wasn't what very What grade in high school were you in in philosophers? I was 18 in philosophers. So yeah, I was a senior. I was a senior. I think, but so, but we went into Portal together. Right. With, that with, was post school for me. And so you were, you graduated in 98. 97. Yeah, so you were, yeah, because that's what I remember. I remember you already, you were a few years older than me. Right? My house caught on fire in 98. That was, I so, lit it on fire. That was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, my, my, my mom died at like, okay, so I graduated high school in 97. And then a few months later, my mom died. So by the time 98 started, 
I was the eldest of my family <laughs> at 18 or 19. I remember, man. I was and, there. Uh, so the cops would pull me over and I'd be on like LSD and like my car would be coughing up blue smoke and I have no license, insurance or registration. And they'd be like, where are your parents? And I'd be like, dead. And they'd be like, how long has it been? And I'd be like, two months. And they'd be like, look, just get out of here. You know, just go home. Don't drive this car. But then once it had been six months, they're like, yeah, you know, six months is enough time for you to get your shit together. <laughs> you know, like, we're you were going to stop letting you, you off the hook. <laughs> you were honest every time, eh? Yeah. <laughs> You're like always honest. And eventually they're like, yeah, eight months. Story. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, the story, like, it's sad. <laughs> I feel bad for you, but I'm also going to write you a ticket. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you're lucky you're not going to jail tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you ever spend a night in jail? Uh, later, I uh, when I was in uh, five equals six. Um, Jesus. So so when I so OK, long story short, just real quick, I'm 44 now. But when I was 28, I had decided when I was 15 because I did the math, like you were saying, uh, you know, my, my parents both died at 50, 51. Uh, I think my dad was 53, actually. And his dad was 53 or, or something like that. And, uh, and so I was like, shit, okay, if I want to see my kid go to college, I've got to have my first kid when I'm 28, you know, or get married and start having kids when I'm 28. So I turned 28 and I was like, fuck, fuck, you know, I have no prospects. I've already tried and failed with everybody else in the second order and nobody outside the order would give me the time of day because, you know, they, I'm in a cult. I mean, what kind of a crazy person? And then my grandma would be like, hey, you know, the illegal alien nurse that takes care of me, she has a crush on you. I'm like, Aha. <laughs> you know, like Eddie Murphy, there's the spoon, <laughs> you know? So I married her and um, then, then at a certain point she was pulling away and it was clear that, you know, that the, the divorce you conversation had a divorce was divorce party. So no, that was a different, that was, that was, that was, that was a different time. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this was 2006, I think. And um, so, are you on number so, yeah, three? So, so, yeah. So, so, you know, third, third time's the charm, right? You beautiful bastard. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I was drunk one night. I had gone to the art walk and I had five glasses of wine and, um, and my, you know, spouse at the time was being weird and distant. And, uh, and I was like, where are you? You know, I'm at a movie, you know, I can't talk right now, about a movie. And I was like, well, yesterday you and I were both at a movie, you spent the whole movie texting. So like, why can't you text me if you're at a movie with someone else and who the fuck are you with? And who are you texting yesterday? You know? And, uh, so, so then I was like pissed off and drunk and driving too fast. And, uh, and so, so then I, I, I slowed down at the last minute to get off my, my, uh, my exit and I hit the wall. And uh, so then I was like, fuck, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go go back home. And so I got on the freeway going the other way. And the, the car started acting weird because, you know, you hit a wall. I don't know what something something went wrong with the car. And so I pulled over. And uh, but luckily, when the cops came. So first, I, I, I called AAA, which is like, you know, the auto club. They'll come and tow your car away and everything. And so I was sitting there in my car, a little drunk. The cops came, but they didn't come to the side of the car that would have had the uh, the dent. They came to the the passenger side because the the other side there was traffic coming. So they didn't even know I had been in an accident, and uh, and so they they came up to the to the passenger side. I'm like, yeah, and they're like, hey, how you doing? 
And I'm like, oh, I'm all right, you know, just waiting for the AAA. My car broke down and they're like, okay, uh, your car smells like wine. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I had about five glasses of wine. And they're like, five glasses, you freely admit that you drank five glasses of wine. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's too much wine, right? And I'm like, yeah, and he's like, okay. Well, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the car, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And so I got out of the car and everything, and then they did the test. And he's like, well, you blew a 0.09. Um, you know that that's too high. I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, you know, we have to take you in, right? And he, yeah. <laughs> so, so he was like, you're so nice. You know, like you're the nicest guy I've arrested today, you know. And, uh, and so, so I went and... Uh, and so, so he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wait like an hour and a half. I'm not going to write down what your blood alcohol content was when we just, you here, just drink this water, drink this whole bottle of water. The bathroom's right here. And after an hour and a half, then we'll do the breathalyzer test again. And hopefully it'll be under 0.08. And then you That's can go crazy. Home. And I was That's like, crazy. thank you. You guys are oh really nice. And, and so, so then we did that and I blew it again and it was 0.09. And he was oh, like, oh, fuck. I was like, damn it. And he was like, yeah, well, all right, come with us. And then, you know, I'm like handcuffed and everything. And then he's like, okay, we got to go through here. And he opens the door and I walk through the door and the cops on the other side of that door, they're not so nice. <laughs> Suddenly I went from the nicest cops I had ever met to the shittiest. Well, there were two. They were both female. Not that it matters, just for the story to paint a picture. One was, uh, one was behind glass and one wasn't. The one that wasn't was very like a drill sergeant like a PE teacher, you know, um, not saying she was a lesbian. I'm just saying she was, she was very masculine, you know, um, and, uh, you know, she was uh, insulting my clothes. She was insulting my, my style of dress and my hairstyle, you know, and just like, I'm like, <clears throat> I guess I have to put up with this, you know, like I, I have to just kind of like take this, you know, and uh, and I was like, every once in a while, I glance at the woman that was on the other side of the glass, and she's kind of looking at me like she's embarrassed, like, I'm sorry, you have to go through this. And I was like, all right. So, you know, I to give them my shoelaces, because they don't want people to hang themselves and what have you. And, and we went to this glass cell. I mean, it was plastic, of course, but like hard plastic. Everything was hard plastic, automatic sliding glass, you know, automatic doors, no, no bars. Very no, different no to my metal bars, bro. No, no other people. It was just this weird, surreal yeah. sort of David Lynchy like opening and closing of, of these plastic. So I, I went in and there was a, a bunk bed with no mattress, not even a little. So so I had to like lay down. It's like 5 a.m. by this. Yeah, point. they're just or, slabs. They're just slabs. Yeah, just slabs. Mine didn't even have a toilet in it. It just had a oh, hole in man. the floor. Oh, that sucks. So I, uh, I, I laid there for a while and, and then I get there and the T there's a bunch of TV screens and they're all off. And then they, they all turn on at once. <laughs> Snow, you know, and then um, pictures of people working out like videos of people like working out and on a treadmill and stuff, but no sound. The only sound was this tick, 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 and then doom, doom. 
for hours, just that. It was like it was like some kind of sound specialist had like created music to make you insane. Like like it was specifically and only and solely designed just to make you feel like you're insane, you know, like to to slowly drive you out of your mind. And so then then the nice cop came and saw me, and I was just sitting there, and I looked over, and she she comes up and says, "Are you ready to go?" And I said. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Thank you. And so she let me out and she gave me my shoelaces. No, they gave me everything except for my shoelaces. And so, oh, and I, I think, yeah, no, this wasn't the time I got all bloody. So this was, so I wasn't really drinking much before this. Once a month, I'd have some wine at the art walk. And then I, so after this experience, I went home, took a shower, went to work, 9am, nobody knew. So I, I, I didn't even miss a day of work. I didn't sleep, but I didn't miss a day of work. And then after that, I had these court mandated uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and DUI meetings. And so I started drinking, you know, and I started drinking. And then one day I took, uh, I took ecstasy and got drunk and I actually blacked out. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You know, like, I, I think I shouldn't drink, you know. And, uh, and then there was, I blacked out again. Uh, without ecstasy, I just blacked out just from drinking. And then, so I started taking Alcoholics Anonymous seriously and, uh, and not working the steps or anything, but I, I did stop drinking, um, you know, 99% once a year or something. I don't know, I haven't drank. But, um, but yeah, there was this party I went to and I drank a full bottle of wine and then hit the Bacardi. And then there was a, an Italian girl and her cousin grabbed me by the cousin, the, by the, put me up against a wall and all this. What are you talking to my cousin about, you know, and all this? And I'm like, I just gave her my email address, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, I ended up running away from the party and my friend Chris was like, no, you're gonna, I'm like, I'm walking home. He's like, that's too far. And, and, and he's chasing after me and I kept running. Eventually they stopped chasing me, I guess. I was looking back to see if they were still chasing me. And then I fell forward and I was tumbling down the hill. And then the next thing I remember, I was waking up on a couch and someone was yelling at me, get out of here. This isn't your house. You don't belong here, you know, and I was like, what? Who the fuck is yelling at me, you know? And so I got up. I'm like, you're in the wrong house. And they're like, no, this is our house. You don't belong here. You know, get the fuck out or we'll call the police. And so, so, you know, I'm leaving the house and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this house doesn't look familiar. Oh, they were right. I am in the wrong house, you know, and, and uh, then, then people are crossing the street to avoid me, you know, and I was like, fuck, what's going on? And, and then I, I, called a bus and I was like, I was gonna ask, does the dash bus run by here on Saturdays? And so I started talking, but it came out, does the dash bus run on Saturday? And um, they said, yes, the dash bus runs on Saturdays. And so, so anyway, long story short, I get home and I find out why everybody was looking at me like a freak is because of the blood and the dirt and the torn clothes and the, you know, it's everything. I was like, oh, I look like someone you should avoid, you know? Um, and then I took a bath and I, and, and I was fine, but, uh, but yeah, then I was like, I, I really got to stop drinking, you know? Yeah. So that, yeah. So that was a long story short. You asked if I ever spent a night in jail is yeah, I did. But, but when I was younger, I, I, I lucked out so many times. I mean, for all the, for all the, I think we all I, do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for all the things I did one night in jail is, uh, I remember I went to a easy. job, I went to a job training seminar once. Uh, in my 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 gap year in college uh, mm -hmm. that was put on by the government 
because mm. Zinc wanted me to get government money and not work at White Spot so that oh. I wouldn't be at the temple all the time. Oh, okay. So they made me go to this course. And the mm. first, and it was like, I was the only person there who, I don't know, I, I, I stood out like a sore thumb, you know, it was like, yeah. Anyway, the guy asked everyone, hey, does anyone here, something like, does anyone here have a criminal record? And a few people put up your hands and he said, and because all ages, there was people with PhDs there, you know, mm. in this like uh, unemployment place. But I was just there to get like free money for the temple yeah. uh, for yeah. for three months in between in in between college semesters. Mm. <laughs> like it was stupid. I was like, oh fuck, fuck zinc. Um, I mean Voldemort. Mm. Sorry. Um, oh, that's okay. It's your yeah, podcast. <laughs> it is my. So and he said and the guy the, the the government guy said that's okay don't worry if you've got a criminal record because the only difference between you and everyone else here is that we weren't caught. Mm, yeah. And I was like, oh snap, that's fucking <laughs> hardcore. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like my mind was super blown because I was nineteen. I was like, that is fucking <laughs> insane. Because yeah. it's true. I'm like, I'm jaywalked. But no, <laughs> I did spend a night in jail, but not quite a night. But like, so my yeah. story, man, like you deserve to be in jail for what you did. <laughs> yeah. But I was never caught for anything heinous. I was caught by an accident. So mm. in, and I was in Dublin jail. So Dublin jail mm. is a whole other thing. But that's because I was on tour. I was touring with my band. And I was drunk outside of the pub on the Aran Islands of the West Coast mm. of Ireland after mm. on a gig on Inishmore. Inishmore mm. rhymes with whore. And, uh, and these two 10-year-olds were playing with a... They were talking. I heard them talking like, Jesus, we'll fucking get all the money from the ATM with this. Like, you know. And I was like, what do you got? And they had a wallet. Someone had dropped their wallet. I was like, mm. oh, you fucking 10-year-olds aren't going to fucking raid some poor tourist. Or, or like I was working on the island at, as a musician right. in the pubs. But I, during the day, I was changing 50 beds every morning in the hostel for my mm. buddy, who was another Illin Piper. I was there playing Illin Pipes. He was playing Illin Pipes. We're all playing Illin Pipes. So I grabbed mm. the wallet off these two little feckers. They're like, oh, you fucking cunt. Oh. Like, fucking, we'll take, we'll fucking kill you. We'll shiv you in the night. You know, it's like you're, they're fucking nine years mm. old and they're mm. giving death threats. They're adorable with the Irish accents. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Dude, like the six and seven year olds in Ireland are the best six and seven year olds either. They'll walk up to you in the street of Galway and be like, hey there, you fucking hag. I'll fucking kill you, you know. I'll fucking kill you. I'll fuck my, my ma will take a shift. She'll kill you, you fucking wad, you know. You're a fucking asshole. You know you're ugly. You know you're a fucking ugly cunt. I'll fucking kill you. And you can't do anything because they're nine. They're nine <laughs> in these little tracksuits. And you're like, what do I do? So you just start laughing. <laughs> that makes it worse, probably. So yeah. like, oh yeah. Oh, dude. And they're it's adorable and terrifying at the same thing. It's mm. like, you know, Joseph Conrad said, the horror. And uh, mm. but you know, um, so so I grabbed the wallet, put it in my backpack, blacked out, woke up, finished my tour across Ireland forgot about it until I was going through security to our next stop in Amsterdam on tour. Mm. Mm. Oh, you forgot the wallet. It was someone else's wallet. It was, it was a cop's wallet. It had his back oh, to no. the side. And I didn't even know. Oh, I didn't no. even know. I didn't even oh. know. 
because I put it in the bottom uh, the, yeah, of the Yeah, that story, they'll be like, the yeah, right. On, on the Aaron <laughs> How Island. did you get this wallet? Okay, there were these kids. <laughs> it sounds totally made up. No, yeah. no, no, no. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. So they held me in interrogation. They wouldn't let me have a phone call. They wouldn't give me any food because they caught me at like 8 a.m. at the airport. My bandmates went ahead of me to Amsterdam. It took us five mm. days to catch up. But, and they put me in jail took all my shoelaces and all that shit. I really want to get my headshots and put it on a t-shirt. Oh my mm, God. Mm. That would be Oh, mine was awful. Awesome. I was like, I was like penitent. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've Dude, done I'm wrong. Sure I'm, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I'm terrified. Fucking Dublin's jail. So like, so they, they talked to me. They got my story. They didn't believe me. And plus I didn't really want to give, I didn't tell them everything because I just, I didn't trust them. I just, I'm never trustful of these guys. And, you know, so they held me as long as they could. And then they opened the cell. They're like, you're a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? They're like, we talked to Vancouver. You're a priest. They had called my bishop. What? And they're like, why didn't you say you're a priest? Why didn't you tell us what you're actually up to? I was like, oh, I'm a tourist. They're like, well, we can tell you've been playing gigs for a lot of money. Right? And they saw that I had... They saw that I had application forms in my backpack for both the UK citizenship and Irish citizenship and letters from mm. solicitors and stuff because I had to choose which citizenship I wanted. I wasn't mm. legally allowed to get both, even though my grandparents allowed me to get both. Right. So I, had to, I was mm. in the process of deciding as I was working on my PhD. Did you end up getting one? My Celtic, Celtic band. I went, with, I went with UK when I moved to mm. Belfast in 2009. But then mm. because of the recession, I moved back. And so that just all canceled. Right. But mm-hmm. I can always go back to the UK and live and work there legally or Ireland. I just have to do the paperwork and pay them. Uh, Even Southern uh, Ireland? Yeah, yeah. I just have to get. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my grandma just died from Southern Ireland. Oh, because you're from there. Yeah, yeah. Families, from, dude, they left in right before Easter Rising in 1916. Mm. Like right before the bombs, baby. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but my family here fucking despises their Irish heritage. Like, they can't stand the fact that I play Celtic music. They oh. it, like, yeah, 10 years. I haven't even talked to them because, you know, well, my wicked stepmother, she's famous now because of this podcast, I swear. <laughs> That's so strange. I mean, I, I guess it's just unusual to me, but uh, you know, I mean, now, I mean, I, I, as you, as you learn, as you grow, as you meet people and as you travel, your mind expands and things you, Dude, it's like some a, of us have evil fucking families, man. Mm. Some of us have, have families that are like fucking evil. Mm. Mm. You know that like they're they're monsters. The majority, mm. and if you just have a few monsters, they'll run the group. Mm. They will, because mm. you're terrified yeah. of them because they're so fucking nasty. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, I like being on my own. Mm. But yeah, here, like, uh, you know, we run into other people's assumptions. Like, I go, you know, there's this one store, uncle store, we call them. It's like uh, before the before the grocery stores, they had those stores in the US and probably Canada where you go up to the counter and you tell them what you want. They go get it from the, you know, and then they bring it to you like that, that kind of store. <clears throat> so I, I, I go to the same store every day here. So they know me pretty well. And then on Diwali, I was all dressed up, you know, with the third eye and everything and with Priol, they had never seen me with Priol, so I don't know what they assumed, but now they're very nice to me. Like, I mean, they were nice to me before, but kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, it's the foreigner, you know, but now they're like, 
hello, sir. Hello. You know, I mean, it's different, you know, there's a different vibe, like now that they realize that I'm, I'm not just a long time, a long term, you know, vacationer or something. I'm like, I live here. This is my wife. You know, we celebrate Diwali. And, uh, and I think because I walk around without a shirt on. And so when the, uh, the people come to deliver packages, they see my rose cross tattoo. And uh, <clears throat> so the neighbors have seen it too. And so they were, they were surprised we were celebrating Diwali. We were like, uh, putting the rigoli outside the the, you know, the design. There's one over here. I don't know if you can see it, but anyway, um, they, these colorful designs, these sort of mandala patterns to welcome Lakshmi on her birthday. Um, so they were playing like, you know, Diwali music, Lakshmi chants, and they were like, you celebrate Diwali? I'm like, yeah, the rose cross is different from the regular cross. You know, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> what do you mean? Huh? Well, the, the, the Rosicrucians travel the world and uh, learn new things. I mean, that's different from like, Jesus, you gotta worship Jesus. There's only yes, one is. Jesus, you know. I mean, but I mean, if you read the old, like the Fama and stuff, they were pretty like, Jesus, like, like let's go to those other countries and find out why they're wrong, you know, and, uh, you know, but like also learn and if they have something useful that we can add to our jesus -y teachings, then we'll do so. But then now that seemed to evolve into, uh, you know, modern science eventually, but it's interesting. And Diwali is about the god oh, King um, Rama? More or less, yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I noticed know that about outside from, of India, uh, they say it's about from moving from darkness to light. I'm like, I've never heard anybody in India say that or make any reference to that. That's how they, they, they frame it outside. It's like, it's like the light day in Star Wars or, you know, try to make it, you know, very like generic, the most generic possible thing so that everybody can be on board with it. Yeah. But here it's like, it's about Lakshmi and Ganesh mostly. But if you go back into history, it's about Rama and, you know, stuff like that. There's fireworks. People the dress demon up king and, of Lanka yeah <laughs> people dress up in saris and you know i dressed up in this kurta and dude you need around. to send it's me nice. a sari <laughs> saris are for girls oh what's the guy form oh kurta yeah, the kurta yeah. whatever <laughs> maybe a yeah. sarong yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll send you something but dude. Um, yeah so that was fun Diwali was fun a lot of smoke though a lot of fireworks, the the fireworks of Fourth of July and the Christmas lights of Christmas and uh, a Hindu. <laughs> should we should we call it or what do you want to? Anything else should we talk about? Um, let me see. Is there anything around? I, I always look around for things to talk about. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, well, we you know, it, we can do this I, I'm curious. Time. Yeah, yeah. I am sort of curious to know a bit more about your experience of, of teaching as a teenager. Right. I feel like I we, mean, I feel like there's you know, there's a bit more to be said about that. I I think that it was very quick. I mean, for one thing, like you said, Gordon, my one of my mentors, Gordon, he wouldn't have wanted me to call him a mentor or a teacher. He was older than me, and he knew a lot more than me. I remember so, Gordon, he, right? I knew Gordon, so I call him a teacher, but. Yeah. 
but he he stopped at practicus because he he didn't want to be on staff as he put it he didn't he wasn't interested in being an honored frater with responsibilities you know but but you know in the in the sort of like zealot brainwashed version teenage you know let's be, let's be in the cult you know version of it you know you're supposed to like you, now that you've received all this then it is you were you were obligated to to give it to others and all this and so so you know well, that's there from the, the fama thing. fraternitatis the rosicrucian document i've read that a few times i didn't see that kind of weird it's from the fama there, but... no no not the guilt thing but you have to pass on <laughs> what you know to one other person. right to one person right but you know we went flyering you know and uh taught classes of 10 people dude i think flyering was great because that way you have to go through a lot of people to find people who are really into it yeah yeah that's true but anyway yeah so so in in philosophers you know yeah like i said i was 19 and like i think there's more wisdom to like you have to be 35 or 40 before you begin studying the kabbalah as opposed to you know master it all before you're 19 supposedly and then become a teacher which is what i did um so but so also when they, I was, they say magical abilities are most pronounced when you're young and very old hmm. very young and old. oh that's interesting yeah right. maybe that innate ability kind of yeah. level of it but as, as far as knowledge though it was like like i think we adapted to certain intuitive and imaginative forms of learning as teenagers yeah that that adults would have a heart they would struggle with maybe yeah yeah it's a theory but i mean part it's a theory of it is, and there's no one else to talk to about it except you yeah like i mean i i one thing caught through me for a loop when he told me that i was still thinking like robert zink and i was like uh fuck you you know like i mean no i i i, I didn't like what he when he said that you know and it, it's it's caused me to question i mean not every day but quite often ever since is uh what the fuck do you mean by that you know or I, I mean and it was in a particular context where i was i was talking about adapting golden dawn methods to like a different system or approaching something from a particular way and you know and, and it just kind of making it up basically like like kind of like oh yeah that's kind of feels like this and so maybe this kind of fits here and then you know so let's make a ritual out of it and it's like okay yeah, I can see that. And that was kind of the the, the zinc approach. The, the zinc current is like, well, that reminds me of this, and this equals this, and so let's make a ritual out of it, you know, um, as opposed to like something more serious or you know like well, or he was taking stuff related. Or he would take stuff from Pat Zaleski and tell us not to read Pat Zaleski because Pat Zaleski was bad, but he just didn't want us to know where he was getting his material. We had banners, people with big, big, big hanging banners with images of starving and dying children in Africa printed up on a printer on the banners, um, you know, and people walking in in procession and, uh, and then in, in order to do some kind of consecration with a 49 petaled rose and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was just sort of like, but then that was supposedly like channeled from the third order, not just straight out of his ass, you know. Um, so I mean, just like well, a lot of the best stuff in our order was stuff taught by spirits to us. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if everything that came through that Ouija board or or through you know the, the mumbling behind the mask was uh, was from spirits. But um, what about like the prophecies? 
such as. <laughs> do you remember in at Corpus Christi in two thousand and two? Do you remember GM's messages? Yeah, I mean, I remember mine. There was three prophecies that GM gave us. Mm. One, and this is remember what year this is. This is two thousand and two. Mm. We'll end on this because we're all super <laughs> uncomfortable all of a sudden. But 2002, you're a smart guy. Think about 2002. These were the prophecies. One, that the name of our order, the Golden Dawn, would become associated with political fascism and totalitarianism. Two, that the name of our mother temple would become associated and become a name of, of terror and fear and death around the world. And the mm. name of our mother temple was Isis. Mm. And the third one was that, you know, doesn't matter because it hasn't come true. But those two came true, didn't they? And that blows well, yeah, my mind. I think it that was, blows it my was, mind. It was it, like the same weekend that he put on the black mask and told us all to put our foreheads to the ground and, and not behold the, 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 you know, the, the breath of God or whatever would destroy us if we looked at him while he was wearing his black mask. And then he told us to put the terrible image of Christ inside of a, of a yellow triangle and go put it on the, uh, the windshields of the cars of the fallen adepts so that the enemies of Christ would see the terrible image of Christ. So, I mean, the thing that about was definitely not terror, when I was there. That was definitely not. Yeah, yeah that might've been 2003, but the, the, so, so the ISIS thing might've been a coincidence I mean, it might not have been a coincidence. It might have been based on that, you know, like we were becoming a terror thing um, or an aspiring. I find it very interesting. Those, I find those prophecies very interesting because yeah, it is. They literally came true, man. They literally the came Hellenic true. The nationalist movement in Greece and the the, the uh, Islamic State, you know, and all that. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. You know, so whatever. But like that is, I think that's interesting. If the third one comes true, there we go. Deal. what was the third one but, you know to be revealed oh that that rome would uh that the vatican would would the golden dawn would become the the esoteric wing of the vatican or no that was just some shit he would say when he was <laughs> off his rocker well that was supposed to be from rock. the third order too so you can't nitpick you know your third order uh you know. no it was that the third one was that we'd all get cherry pick we'd all be killed man everyone bearing oh. the and cross would be killed hunted down and killed wow god i don't remember these so weird well it was my last year in the in the in the order there so they it was the last couple of years you know so they really stand out plus as as the whole world now knows i'm a avid diary keeper <laughs> you are welcome nice. <laughs> it's why i have such a good memory when i'm not insanely stoned but i'm insanely stoned right now and i'm still doing pretty right. good here I'll, and i've we'll been end up with a haiku like, oh fucking a fucking end with an haiku i don't know i'm gonna pick a haiku at random Boom. so these are entertainment industry Boom. related haikus uh, sometimes they're run on haikus um okay here's one it's amazing how many articles they can write saying nothing so that's a haiku that's not a very good one uh the rumors aren't as op optimistic as they were in yesterday's news. <laughs> you know, give us a give us a long poem. Oh, a long poem. Oh yeah, um, fucking a. Um, then go uh, get some non bread and some chai tea. 
See what I did there? Non bread and chai tea. Oh, yeah. right, right. See what I did yeah. there? Do you like that? I like non too much. If you're ever <laughs> at an Indian restaurant in Japan, uh, you can call the, the, the waiter over and say, excuse me, excuse me, non desuka? And they'll roll their eyes at you and walk away. Because that means uh, both I know what, it means. what is that and is that non? <laughs> and so the answer is either yes or it's non. <laughs> but it's, a, it's like a dad joke. Anyway, um, yeah, here we go. This was from uh, 2012. So March, March 2012, kind of during a, a sort of psychedelic period. Okay, last night. I felt the mitochondrial DNA operating macrocosmic Potter, DeWitt, Ellington, Nickel, Renner, Henninger, Saddam in my kidneys, pulsating and communicating in my di digestive alchemical laboratory, nurturing and providing with unceasing care that life that she preserves from the component parts of the other ancestors' vessels to the beat of the heartbeats ribosomes and DNA dancing out hemoglobin and transforming toast into nucleic acids with which to swap out parts of the recreating of herself. And she heard my consciousness and responded in golden light and the DMT white brilliance of the palms response, her joy filling within and beyond in the present time silence of night and I'll never be the same. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now, hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk.